Hello and thank you for listening to episode 84 of 60 Minutes with I'm Dave and this is the entertainment show for June 2017. So I am once again joined by the man who is holding another empty can at the end of a very long piece of string. It's Chris. Hello. 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 Episode 84. Bloody hell. We're getting there, aren't we? That's flown by, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. Mm. We're, We're putting out far too many episodes. (laughs) <laughs> we are. Are you okay? Yes, I'm all right. Um, Good. As is, as is the the other person that's joining us in this episode. <gasps> yes, it's Tina. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'd like to touch Hulk Hogan, wouldn't you? I wouldn't like to touch him. You saw. All. You saw his Not pants. With the bar. You I touched his pants, his pants, and we'll get onto that later. <laughs> <laughs> you sniffed his pants. I did not sniff them. Yeah, I did sniff them. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I think were they gossip. Oh, were they the yellow yellow ones? They were yeah. the yellow ones. Yeah, I think. Oh, they were. They were stained. Yeah, I think they, they were was, originally white. Yeah. Too <laughs> 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 much Chinese food. Yeah, but I don't think um, he's got much to fit in there. From what I've. You know, oh. heard or seen of the well, the the model I saw of him, he'd got a donger and a half. Oh, <laughs> it was massive. Yeah, it was curled around his waist like a belt. It was. Mm. Ooh, I bet you, could, bet you could do a good Hulk Hogan impression, couldn't you, Tina? Me? Yeah. How? Well, pretend you're him. Are you being a bit cheeky now, comparing <laughs> me to Hulk Hogan? Are you saying that I've got a dyed blonde moustache and a small penis? It's weird not seeing Hulk Hogan without a moustache, or not, yeah, seeing Hulk Hogan without a moustache. Oh, something just I fell off my... I don't think I've ever seen a picture of him without one. Uh, yeah, I've seen, because I, I noticed um, some of the films or TV shit he's been in, he, sometimes he doesn't have a moustache. And it's yeah. so weird, because I used to watch Hulk Hogan when I was a kid, you know, with wrestling and shit like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. It did, did that, was it, uh, not Tropic Thunder, what was the Trouble in Paradise or some shit, you know, where he's got the mm. speedboats. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. No, I uh, never watched it. Uh, no. Because I've got a brain. You're missing out, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> what was the Suburban Commando? Oh, um, classic. No Holds Barred. Yes. You watched that, haven't you? Yes. Me? No. Oh. Because I've got a brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's that woman in No Holds Barred who um, is quite nice? Oh, come on, Dave, tell oh, me. I should know off the top of my head, really, shouldn't I? She was in Bird on a Wire and um, See No Evil. Joan Severance, there we go. Oh, well done. The lovely Joan Severance. Well done. She's very nice. Mm. Anyway. Well, we, hey, you're back. We're back. back. We're back. We're not quite awake, as people might have picked up on already. But, we're, but yeah, we're back. Uh. We're recovering slowly um, from our little break. And this is where I will explain that this uh, entertainment show is going to be a little bit different than normal well part one will be the normal stuff where we're going to talk about movies and music and television and all that kind of stuff then we're going to take a little break while we go for a wee uh, and a quick nap and then we're going to come back with part two a nap yeah we're going to need it by then and a then power nap. yeah <laughs> then we're going to come back with some stories of the holiday jaunt um i hopefully not bore you all with just oh and we did this and then we did that because there's some funny shit that happens and some stories we do want to tell you chris that hopefully everybody listening will um 
get a bit of a laugh out of as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping there's going to be lots of lurid sex stories and things like that. Oh. Or- orgies. Oh, there is a lurid sex there story. Is. There's, there's everything you can imagine that we've got to tell you. <laughs> So that will be in part two. So those that just want to listen to the movies and stuff, um, you can if you want to finish then, but we advise you not to. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So who wants to kick it off then with the uh, entertainment stuff? Um, shall I go then? Go on. Go on. I've watched a, a, a range of different films, in like, you know, from action films to uh, some comedies and, and then some lo- the latest blockbusters and some TV and stuff like that. So uh, what I've done is I've ordered it from shit to good, if you like. So <laughs> okay. um, I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll kick off with the shit first then. So um, on Netflix, there is uh, Kickbox of Vengeance. Have oh, you I seen clicked, it? I clicked on that the other night. Isn't that the one with Mike Tyson in it? No, that's Ip Man 3, I think. Is it? Oh, Mike okay. Tyson's in it. He's in Ip Man 3, definitely, yeah. Okay. What the hell part does he play in that? Mike Tyson, funnily enough, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> he, just, he literally plays Mike Tyson. And he has a fight with um, Donnie Yen. He uh, fights the god like person who is donnie yen yeah and uh, i've only seen that clip i haven't seen the um the whole film yet but um i've thought that's got got to be worth a quick watch on youtube so i have seen that fight um it's a bit bizarre as you imagine with mike tyson um but no i watched kickbox vengeance i'm a big fan of the original kickboxer with van damme uh watched it loads as a kid and it's always one of those films that you know if i fancy a film a comfort film you know what i mean i'll just stick it on and and it's cool um so but you haven't seen this one then yet, Dave? You no. Tempted or... No, I'm tempted. Definitely tempted, yeah. Well, did you like the original Kickboxer? Yeah, of course. You know, so I'm asking Dave these questions to you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and rightly so, because I've just got no idea. Uh, you never liked uh, Van Damme? No, he's, uh, Time Cop was okay. Yeah. But I, I think when he was... When those films were actually out in the 80s... They pass me by all of those sort of films, like um, the Chuck Norris films as well. Never saw them at the time. Oh God! Because I, I, yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't live with a man who was uh, into those sort of things. So, oh. yeah, and I think that you know, when sort of in the eighties, you know, being like you know, eighteen, nineteen, unless you knew somebody normally male who was into that sort of cinema you didn't get to see them because i can remember going to see uh, scarface at the cinema with a, a school friend a lad school friend and i had the shit ripped out of me for bloody weeks afterwards really yeah yeah mm. and you know not only that oh you went to the pictures with mark godley i bet you were snogging each other all the- we were we were we went to watch scarface but um, lads and girls all were horrified that I'd gone to see it and that it wasn't a girl's place to go and see a film like Scarface in the cinema. So, yeah, they, they totally passed me by. Mm. Oh, mm. wow. Um, I, I mean, you used to love all these films, didn't you? Like action and, oh, you, yeah. you know, quite yeah. kind of stuff. Watch you? them all, yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, so this is another one that I watched around my lands. I always say I've watched all these kind of films around my lands. But uh, no, Keybox Vengeance, I mean, it's essentially, I suppose, a reboot of the original. So you got a guy, uh, he's got his a brother, they're both kickboxers. They're kind of king shit in America. And um, one of them wants to go to Thailand and, you know, gets into a fight with a guy, a guy called Tong Pa. Oh, it's, and he goes over, and it's no secret to say that um, he gets killed. Uh, in the original, he gets uh, his back broken, or he gets put in a wheelchair. So, but in this one, he, he gets killed, and then his brother goes over to get vengeance. You know, that's the kind of that's the story that, that, that it's it's that. Okay, um, so one of the things in this is that um, Jean-Claude Van Damme returns, but this time around, he's the master. He's the guy teaching. Uh, I'm not even going to tell you because I, I don't even pretend to know what the guy's name is who plays <laughs> the, the lead actor. It's, he's that forgettable, you know, and, and, and that wouldn't. Um, but, yeah, he goes over. He goes to Thailand and... Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme teaches him how to be a kickboxer, you know, and how to fight Tong Po, who's played by, um, oh, God, what's his fucking name? Dave Batista. Hmm. Again, he's popular these days with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and one thing or another. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it's kind of, it's there's lots of, um, you know, kick fighting and stuff. But the, it's, it's going to sound weird, but it's so kind of choreographed to a point where, it doesn't it's it's almost like they're putting an exhibition on kind of thing you know you, there's no real kind of excitement when any any of them are fighting dave batista uh he looks intimidating but he's clearly not doing any of his own fights or stunts or anything like that you, you know what i mean it's um there's some ridiculous scenes in it they're having a fight in the street where they're supposedly fighting on the back of elephants but you can clearly tell that they're fake elephants <laughs> um there's even uh, it's true you know they kind of like you can tell that there's sort of like just bits of like grey plastic that they're or something that they're jumping on the back of because you never actually see the elephant in in shot you see what supposedly is the elephant's back um there's a ridiculous bit and you kind of like you know you you have to laugh because i think it's even in some like comedy films where they take the piss where you've got two blokes two workmen and they're kind of carrying a piece of glass across from one side of the street to the other and I, i can't remember what film it's in but they're basically saying this is our job until somebody runs through and smashes it. Do you know what I mean? It's like they wouldn't, nobody would do that in real life. So, and so yeah, there's even a bit where that happens. These people are carrying glass across the street and they, you know, it's it just kind of made me laugh, but it's bollocks. It really is. It's such a disappointment because I was kind of interested in it because like I said, I like the original, um, Van Damme's in it. It's, in some ways, it almost kind of sullies the original because he's in it because he's so shit. You know, it's almost you know he's kind of like you think he's he's having a bit of a resurgence with his career. You know, with um, it was, you know JCVD came out and people thought, oh god, actually he's quite a good actor, isn't he? You know, because he does that eight minute monologue and uh, he cries on screen and all this kind of stuff. <gasps> and and then you know he's got his TV series out, which you said was quite good, didn't mm-hmm. you, Dave? Oh, yeah. It was good. It was. It was. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do like Van Damme. You know, he's all. He coped up, um, sort of like you know, he's had a lot of drug problems and shit like that, hasn't he? So, but yeah, it's not very good at all. It's it's just, I mean, Gina Carano pops up in it for like five minutes. Um, it's pretty bollocks. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> so, if you're interested in it, I mean, you know, obviously, if you check it if you want to check it out, but I I wouldn't recommend it at all. It's not very good. Um, Next on my list, I'll, I, you mentioned that you'd watched Keanu. Um, I think it was either the last one or the one before. Yes, yeah, with the cat. It, yes. Mm. Um, I watched that. 
I thought it was okay. I, I, I wasn't I raving about it. I, it had some funny moments, but I think on the whole, it was just okay. Uh, did you watch it, Tina? Yes, I did. I, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing special. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, like you said, these two guys, one of them's got a cat and it gets kind of taken away by the, this drug lord. And then they kind of, you know, they're, they're, although they're black guys, they're sort of like, you know, almost like middle class kind of black guys and they've never been in, in trouble with the law or anything like that. Uh, but they have to pretend they, they're street and gangster and um, to, to sort of get this cat back. It is very daft. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it, I like it's kind of comedy is very subjective with people isn't it you know it's sort of like some people like some things some people mm. like other things mm. but and I think that I like comedy that's stupid but I think sometimes when it goes a bit too stupid or a bit too over the top it kind of loses me a little bit although saying that the next film I watched which um, I thought was quite funny was um, Get Hard with um, Will Ferrell and Kevin oh, Hart have gosh, see yeah. I, I wouldn't uh, we've seen that that on i think is it on netflix or amazon i've seen it somewhere you can i watched watch it, it on amazon yeah I watched yeah. It on amazon. and yeah. i looked at it and as soon as i see kevin hart i'm like i don't fucking want to watch that will mm-hmm. will yeah but kevin hart and i'm like oh no he just really gets on my tits and he goes on about being a black midget all the time yeah, see, I've never really seen much of Kevin Hart. I've never seen much, much of the stuff that he's in, apart from, what was that thing he was in with The Rock? Um, Central oh, yeah. Intelligence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. um, I thought that was okay. Mainly no, I didn't thought, laugh once. No, I thought the, the, the Rock was all right in it. But, yeah, I mean, Will Ferrell, again, he's hit and miss for me. So I think yeah. he's either really funny or I think his comedy is, all he does is he just kind of shouts to get, like, mm. he's, that's kind of how he... he he thinks he's funny because he'll just shout louder. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I didn't know. I thought, I, I thought I'd hate it to be honest with you. There's a guy at work who really likes it. I thought I'll give it a, a try. Um, I, I actually laugh quite a lot. It, it's quite funny. You know, it's, it's about this guy. He's, he's like a financial kind of expert. Will Ferrell is. And um, the FBI come after him for some dodgy dealings. And he's got 30 days before he goes uh, to prison. So, he sees Kevin Hart, who, who's like a kind of down-and-out car washer, you know, in this place where he works. And because he's a black guy, similar to Keanu, he thinks he's a criminal. So he kind of employs him to uh, to sort of like, well, get him hard, essentially. You know what I mean? Uh, which that is actually... Oh, literally. Running, yeah, that is a running joke, in the, as you can imagine, yeah, this, this kind yeah. of film. So some of the stuff's like really kind of... Um, not subtle jokes at all, not you know what I mean. But there's some some funny stuff in there. It's kind of again like an, an out of uh, fish out of water comedy, and as much as that, you know, it's kind of because he puts Will Ferrell in certain situations where you know he's he puts him like in a ghetto kind of situation with a load of um, uh, you know gangbangers kind of thing, and and it's 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 quite I, I quite liked it, but it's nothing amazing. Do you know what I mean? It was enough to pass the time for an hour and forty minutes. Um, so, There's yeah. another film where a man is going to prison and he's got to he's got to toughen up before he goes in. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's not really old. Can you rem- remember? I'm trying Dave? to think of it now because it was hilarious. It's, it's the man who's in the guy who's in Juice Bigelow in it. Yeah, uh, I'm just craftily searching on IMDb. Who's in, who's in it? Roy Schneider is in it. And, no, um, not Roy Schneider. He's in Jaws. 
<laughs> oh, Rob, sorry, Rob Schneider. That's because I'm trying to do two what? things at once. <laughs> never Rob do two. Th- never do two things at once. Oh, it unless was, you're a woman. Yeah, it, it, it was just four. That was a comedy. Uh, oh my God, where is it now? This is this is interesting listening. It's it sounds like the exact same film. Really? Yeah. yeah. But it, it really does. But it was it was funny and it was really yeah, it was funny. Big Stan. Oh, okay. Big Stan, two thousand and seven. That's it. Yeah. yeah a, watch um, Big Stan. A weak oh. a weak con man panics when he learns he's going to prison for fraud. He hires a mysterious martial arts guru who helps transform him into a martial arts expert who can fight off inmates who want to hurt him. Yeah. No, that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Mm. But yeah, it's it's all right. It's you know, it's worth checking out. It's um, it's it's decent. You know what I mean. So, um, do you guys want to go? I don't. I feel like I want to splurge all my stuff. Do you want to? I will. I think this is the perfect time just to jump in with a stupid one while we're talking about stupid comedies uh, that did make me laugh. Isn't amazing, but it did pass sort of Mark Commode's six laugh test, which is what why him with um oh james franco and brian cranston and it's about brian cranston's the dad to a daughter who's dating james franco and he's the multi-millionaire owner of a of a games development firm uh and they go over to james franco's house and they need to win Brian Cranston and his wife over that James Franco is a really nice guy and he's not it's a total cock in it it's like really over the top but it is one of those stupid stupid comedies that despite yourself you find yourself laughing at yeah uh, and I found myself laughing at it quite a bit actually <laughs> and then wondering why am I laughing at this <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah it was it was good it it had got some genuine laugh out loud moments which tina can attest to because i watched it on the plane going over and she kept looking at me because i kept giggling and laughing to myself and yeah. you're leaving out you're leaving out the important bit though aren't you well there is a cameo appearance by kiss which does help at the end uh, really yeah because yeah brian cranston is like a big kiss fan and there's a there's a really funny line towards the end of what him and his wife got up to at their first ever kiss gig which was another laugh out loud moment. So yeah, that, obviously that does help. But even without that, it did make me laugh quite a lot of times all the way through. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so yeah, if, if you're in the mood, way. yeah, if you're in the mood for a stupid comedy, that's yeah, it's worth watching. Nice. Mm. Um, I've only got hold on, I've got one other movie, so I'll bring that up and watch that with Tina as well. So maybe you want to talk about this one, Tina, because we watched T two Train Spotting. Yeah, yeah, we did, didn't we? It's based on um, his second book that's called Porno, sort of based on it. But I thought it was basically... It was a a really good film, but it was almost like an updated version of Trainspotting without all the drug taking in it, wasn't it? Yeah, it was sort of... I mean, it was was made really well that you didn't Mm. need to watch the first one to enjoy the second one. But obviously, if you watched... I don't don't agree with you there. I don't think he would have got as much out of it. No, you you wouldn't have got as much out of it, but it wasn't essential that you watched it because the way that Danny Boyle did keep slotting in little bits of the first one and not too Mm. gratuitously, which some people Mm. do when they make a sequel, it was well done the way they slotted in scenes from the first film Mm. um, and sort of caught caught you up on the characters. And I think it's one of them, if you've grown up watching it, 
and you've got any sorts of feelings for the characters. It's a really good, oh, here they are 20 years later, and this is what's happened to them. I mean, it, it could yeah. have so easily just like crashed and burned, but I thought he did you know, a really good job of it. It's a good story. It kept us engaged all the way through. We never got yeah. bored of it, did we? It's, you know, it's like... No, no, it was... No, it was a good film, but it was... It was I Watching it, the one thing that really struck me is there's one part of it where Johnny Lee Miller and Ewan McGregor have been on some misadventure and they end up naked. So they end up with just something around their middles, you know, covering their cocks, basically, walking through a farm. And they both looked so muscular and incredibly fit. You looked, I looked at them and thought, yeah, they've never taken heroin in their lives. <laughs> they're not, they're not fat, ex-heroin, 40 plus year old men. So even though they are the characters, none of it rang true. And I know that film isn't true and it's all pretend and you've got to use your imagination. But the parts they were playing in it they should have been more haggard than they mm. were mm. Yeah. they looked too good they both looked bloody drop dead gorgeous <laughs> didn't they dave i said that to you like didn't them. i i said oh yeah. look at that oh look at Ooh. you with oh. oh and he's naked as well apparently he's got quite a big cock <laughs> yeah yeah yes <laughs> mm. did it feel like a bit of a cash in, or did, was was it? Did it have a bit of a story to tell? Or? I don't know. I mean, it did have a story, and it had, yeah, a, it had a lot of heart as well, yeah. didn't it? I was um, I was and... expecting a bit of a cash in, to be totally honest with you, and I didn't get that whatsoever. We we did both say, didn't we? It was a, it was a good story to it. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Because um, it's kind of almost mind blowing to think that uh, that the original is quite obviously was it twenty years old, ninety six yeah. that came out. So and. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember it distinctly because I was going out clubbing and I was sort of, you know, I was, well, I'd have been in my, I'd have been 20. Yeah, because I was 41 th uh, this week. So, yeah, I, I'd have been 20 when I saw it. And um, it was, it kind of coincided with the, the whole Britpop thing, you know, yeah. like Blur, Oasis, yeah. you know, and then all the other, like, you know, kind of British bands that were coming out around that time. And so it kind of, it, it almost it felt more relevant, I suppose, because of yeah. the music and because of the time, because of what was going on in, in the country and, and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, I've seen it. The music doesn't stick out as much in this film. Yeah. Like it did thing. in the first one. It yeah. was a big thing, wasn't it? And, and everybody can, I can't remember what the song's called. I can't even sing it because you can't really sing it. That one song that was in it that everybody played afterwards. And they have put the original bits of the original soundtrack, music songs into this new version, along with modern songs as well. I couldn't tell you any of them, though. Um, no. But the music wasn't a standout in this one. Yeah. was in the first one. Yeah, but you're right. It's that that is a film that that was the zeitgeist of the time, wasn't it? Definitely, because like mm -hmm. you know the posters, the sort of like the yeah. you know the marketing, and it was yeah. you know it was all like it's like a perfect storm. It all kind of happened mm. at the right time. Because I mean, it got lust for life. Um, you know that trailer. You know, it's sort of like his voiceover, uh, and then. Uh, Born Slippy, Underworld, you know, that was massive, you know, and they, that was played in mm. clubs That's all out. That's it, Born Slippy. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's the song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Perfect Day by Lou Reed, you know, and it's just, yeah, so I'm kind of curious to, mm. to sort of see it, but at the same time, I'm not. 
if that makes sense. Because I won't be disappointed no, if you, you do watch be. it. No, you won't. You won't be dif- disappointed. Definitely, you'll really like it. Yeah. If there's you some... like the first one, you'll like the second. You will. One. Okay. And there's some nice little sort of callbacks as well with like you and yeah. McGregor and his character. You know, where he does like a new riff on like the famous. You know, choose life, choose a job, choose a career. That speech. He does mm. an updated version of it with you know involving social media and all the shit that's going on today. Which is like, oh, that's a nice little callback if you watch the first mm. one, but without yeah. being too sort of pretentious about it, really. So, yeah, it was yeah. good. It's weird because, like, the I think the first one was sort of accused of pr- uh, promoting uh, drugs, almost, wasn't it? You know, it's kind of there was a lot of criticism for uh, glamorizing it, and it, well, it, to me, it fucking terrified me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, it just thought, I, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. It's, so... I became a total smackhead after watching it, and. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've now moved on to crack. Uh, Dave's crack. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is That's fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah. And f- I, far I more addictive, too. I have a film to tell you about. I oh. could tell you about a film. How about this, then? What, One my, out of the bag. That my crack reminded you of. I hate yeah, to think yeah, that my crack. <laughs> what was the link? <laughs> this is a film that I watched on the aeroplane coming home. Is it called The Black Hole? And, uh, it's called, well, no, if it was your role, it would be called The Black Cavern, wouldn't it? Deep Impact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more of that later, though. Uh, yeah, coming home on the Prime, I was, you know, there's loads of films that I'd already seen, so I saw this one and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. I don't really want to watch it, though, because Kirsten Stewart's in it. And I'm well known, as Dave will probably attest to, being... Um, very vocal about the Twilight series of films mm. uh, and the stories. And I believe that uh, you can't comment on something unless you've seen it. I, you can say it's shit, but if you haven't seen it, you can't really say it's shit. And I have all those films on Blu-ray. Um, and my opinion of them, well, I could fill up another two hours talking about women in those films. But I watched this film. Because it's French and it's uh, directed by Olivier Assayas and it's called Personal Shopper. Mm. And I um, briefly saw Mark Mode talk about it on his review show on the BBC News. And he liked it. Only caught like the last 30 seconds when he said, it's a good film, blah, 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 ghosts. And I thought, watching a film about ghosts on a plane isn't a good idea, really. But I did watch it. And it's a cracking film. Really, really good ghost film. Mm. And uh, a film, actually, when I watched it all, again, you know, I'd ideally like to see it in the cinema uh, because I think it would be quite um, atmospheric, the way it's filmed and the things that happen in it, of which I'm not going to really tell you about because I think it would spoil the film. But basically, Kirsten Stewart is a medium whose twin brother dies of a heart defect and she finds out she has the same heart defect. So she's waiting for a sign from him. Whether or not this sign comes or whether or not the sign is all the way through the film, you have to make your own mind up as you watch it because I think it would be different for every single person that watches it. And I watched it all again, you know, and it's on a brightly lit plane, um, but it really did make me go a bit like, oh, this is a bit scary because <laughs> it's quite psychological. Mm. And right at the end, I thought, uh, you know, you watch a film and right at the end, you think, oh, is that it? But since I watched the end of it, I started thinking about it, thinking, oh, my God, I know what 
oh my god I get it now and then the day after when we got home I th- I thought about something else that happened in the film and thought oh my god I didn't realize that bit it's a it really is a nine out of ten film for me and one that I'll buy when it comes out um yes personal shopper Kristen Stewart I've, I've seen her in so many films and those thought she plays the same character she's moody and pissy and bitchy she's different in this film though she's totally believable she gives an amazing you know hands up to it amazing performance so if you want to watch a really good psychological film set in paris with lots of twists and turns it's the sort of film you can't look at your phone you've got to watch it uh give it a go it's i can highly recommend it Mm, sounds good. It's good that it makes you it's like you can tell the sign of a good film when when you, you're thinking about yeah. it a few days later, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Really good film. Fantastic. Yeah. Why is it called Personal Shopper without giving anything because away? Because that's what she is. That's what she's she is. A personal, okay. She's a personal shopper for this big superstar. So she goes around all like Chanel and Bulgari getting jewellery and amazing clothes. She never sees the woman she's working for. She just sort of phones her and says, oh, I'll leave them hanging up in your wardrobe. But then she starts to, to try the clothes on. And she's naked two or three times in the film, to completely naked in it as well, you know, which is rather brave for a big star like Kirsten Stewart. Uh, and you don't sort of look at it and go, oh, Kirsten Stewart. You think, oh, yeah, that's totally necessary for the part. You know, it's um, yeah, but it's a it's a really, really good film. One that I think's under the radar that I have heard anybody talk about. So, um, yeah, good she, film. She got a hairy bush. <laughs> what do you, you think? She's I'm thinking, gay. I'm thinking, no, she's gay. What, in real life? Yeah. Yeah. It, she's she? lived with women for the last years. Yeah. Yeah. Blimey. She lived with um, Patterson. So, you know, the guy who was in Twilight with her. Yeah. And yeah. then she had an affair with, I can't remember, Rupert, oh, I can't remember his second name, the director of Snow White and the Huntsman. And right. it was a huge scandal because, you know, like TMZ took photos and, and he was married with children. It broke his marriage up. It lost him um, loads of directing gigs because they're so high profile. And her and Robert Pattinson broke up. And I remember um, Trump tweeting Robert Patterson about her, saying, you should dump that bitty tiny bitch, <laughs> President of America. It's true facts that you can look it up. He really did do that. Uh, and, yeah, she's never been with another man. She's always lived with women since. Blimey. And she came out on uh, Saturday Night Live six months so ago saying that she was gay because um, she was taking the piss out of Trump saying he hates gays and that's what I am yeah, yeah. Mm. very beautiful she's de- she's becoming more appealing by the second mm. <laughs> you pervert <laughs> you still didn't answer his question though yeah yeah I'm still waiting yeah my money's Which one? about the bush yeah, well, yeah. My, my money's on Brazilian so I didn't look oh, oh Tina good god I'm going to tell you just watch it you pervert <laughs> fucking hell one way I can get Dave to should have thought of a shaved clit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, after what we saw last night. Oh, yeah, we'll get I'm on to sure that Dave in a bit. Yeah, yeah we, we will get on to that. 
Do you well, want me to talk about something else, or is it somebody well, else's go? Well, have you got have you got another movie stuff while we're on movies? I've got another movie. I've got um, I've got documentary and stroke music and a couple of TV things. Okay, you got any movie stuff, Chris? Well, well, let's three get, more movies. Go on, let's get the movies out of the way. Yeah, whip, whip through them, and so again on Netflix. Um, I was looking around for some bits and pieces to watch. So uh, God knows why I, I thought I'd watch it, but I stuck it on. I watched uh, The Mechanic with Jason Statham. Oh, Yay! yes. I love him. And um, <laughs> then we watched, I say we, I watched Mechanic Resurrection because that was on as well. Oh, I haven't Have seen you... that one. I've seen the no. first one, not the second one. What did you think of it? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was a it's, lot better um... than I thought it was going to be. It's apparently it's based on a uh, uh, Charles Bronson movie of the same name. Yeah. Uh, Jan Michael Vincent's in it as well. I think that's on Netflix as well, but I haven't watched it. Uh, be tem- tempted to watch it just to see the differences about it. But so the story is, is that Jason Statham's a hitman. He kills people in very particular ways based on how the the people that are giving him these contracts, you know, want him to kill the uh, you know the, the targets and stuff like that. And um, Donald Sutherland's in it, and uh, he's got a son who's a bit of a fuck-up who's played by Ben Foster, and he he wants Jason Statham to take him under his wing and sort of, like, you know, look after him um, in his absence. Ben Foster, what a what an actor he is. He's amazing. See, I haven't seen him in loads of Hell stuff. Hell or High Water, what a film. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah. Uh, you were telling me about that one, weren't you, Dave? Yeah. Um, Plus, Lone Survivor is in that as well, oh, isn't he? That's yeah. amazing too. Yeah. So, uh, but I haven't really seen him in in loads of stuff. Um, he's in that it? sci-fi film as well. Um, Pandorium was it? That's it. Yeah, he's really intense, isn't he? And yeah. he's a wizard in Warcraft as well. I seem to remember. Okay. But he's been in quite a few uh, sort of really sort of um, serious films. Is he? he oh. Isn't he William Burroughs in a film as well? I seemed. Oh God, the one with Harry Potter in, Kill Your Darlings. He's William Burroughs. Who the oh. hell could play William Burroughs? <laughs> ben Foster. And up until recently, he lived with <sighs> Sean Penn's ex-wife, Robin Wright Penn. Really? Oh. Yes. Yeah, see, I know all the gossip. <laughs> You're like the, the 60 Minutes with version of Heat magazine. I am really, yeah. I, that's it. I know what he's in. I've forgotten about. 30 Days a Night, he's the man in the cell at the beginning telling them all that they're all going to get killed by the vampires. Yeah. Um, he was. He, I think, well, I don't know if it was his big break, but he was uh, He was in X-Men Last Stand as well. He played Angel. Um, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he sort of. Uh, he wasn't in it for much uh, of that, but but yeah, I mean, um, what I've seen him in, you know, he seems pretty good. But um, in, in this, he plays a really unlikable shitbag, if I'm honest with you. So the, the story, I suppose, the, the plot of the film is, like I said, is that uh, that you know he, he's. Uh, he, Statham's teaching him how to be a uh, a killer and and everything and the, you know there's different elaborate kills and hello hello you're right sorry right. <laughs> I thought you were moving um, it, but yeah and and so it's it's all right I, I thought it was okay I must admit I mean the thing with Statham is is that he like you were saying about um, Stuart cousin Stuart uh, that she kind of plays the same person in all mm-hmm. the films and that like, Jason Statham does that doesn't it and it kind of got me oh, looking. Totally. 
into the sort of the films that he's made. And it's no surprise that he plays the same character in pretty much, say, you know, the, his films he does is because he's been in the tr- Transporter. So essentially he plays the same type of character in the Transporter. He, he's made three of them. Uh, Crank, he's made two of them, um, which I actually quite <laughs> like Crank. Uh, the Expendables, he made three of them. He plays the same character in that. Yeah. Um, the Fast and the Furious, I think he's done two of them or th- three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's he, he does play a lot of the same people, but then he's in a, a lot of the, the same type of films and stuff. But I do quite like Statham, I must admit. So Mechanic Resurrection, which I did, I think, probably like a bit more, is um, it reminded me of, um, you know, the, the game Hitman. Yes. Um, so it's a, it's it's a bit of a cross between Hitman and Mission Impossible because the story with this one is is that uh, he's kind of gone under underground, you know, he's he's moved away from the life of killing people and everything else, but then he gets brought back out of retirement, as is the case, or you know, with these type of films. And uh, Jessica Alba's in it, and she looks nice. Tommy Lee Jones pops up for a brief cameo. Uh, Michelle Yeoh's in it as well. And uh, does she so, look nice? Who Michelle Yeoh? Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> Yeah, she's all Do right. Do I look nice? Yeah, you look lovely, Tina. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and the, the, this one is that he, he's she, she's been held uh, hostage, and he's got to kill these three people in very particular ways. And there's some, so there's some good set pieces in it. It's it's stupid as a, a bag of rocks. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it's absolutely crazy. Simon West directed this, and he's had a, a sort of a, a strange career as well because mm. uh he did uh the first tomb raider movie i think he did a film with john travolta um that was like the the, uh, the general's daughter i think it was called um so yeah he's kind of again we talked about these kind of workman like directors you know what i mean that uh the kind of pop up and and whatever so um yeah, it was all right. It was it was a decent action film, you know what I mean? And it kind of did remind me of these the, the days where you did hark back to sort of like you would get these kind of films that would be ten a penny, wouldn't they? You know, these kind of mm. daft daft action films, which you don't tend to get much of these days. Um, I, well, I don't think so anyway, but or at least I don't watch many of them. Um, so, yeah, it was it was all right. You know what I mean? So then oh, most um recent blockbuster i've seen is spider-man homecoming oh uh, you guys got any plans to watch this is that the one in the cinema now the yes. one with yeah oh right yeah you, you um interested me, no <laughs> it's a no from me uh on blu-ray or netflix or whatever yes yeah but i wouldn't go to the cinema to see it because i'm all avengered out Okay. Except for Captain America and maybe Thor. No, definitely Thor. I love Thor. Yeah, I wouldn't miss Thor. Mm. Interested? Excited for the new Thor film then? It's come. Oh, yeah, but but the reason I re- I have to say out of the Avengers films, um, Captain America. I don't know what it is about the Captain America films, but they're the ones for me. I just really think that they are the best out of the whole bunch. And close second is Thor. And that's got more to do with me absolutely wanting to shag the ass off Chris Hemsworth and in Idris Elba in a sandwich. Sorry, it was a bit sexist, that wasn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, um, the Thor thing. But um, I can't pronounce his name. Tikiti Watakato. 
the guy who directed what we do in the shadows and yeah. for the wilder people him the thought the fact that he's directed this film i think it's going to be excellent mm. well the director of this i didn't know until i'd um seen something uh, like on the tv or read it in a magazine is john watts who directed it was talked about on this show some time ago now cop car do you remember that film you oh, talked about oh god yeah yeah, yeah. So, and well, I, I didn't know you, that. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that, saying that you thought it was a really excellent film, mm, and um, film. yeah, and uh, I think it's it's really great that these kind of like I suppose they are in some ways kind of like indie filmmakers, you know, and they they're getting the chance to make these big blockbuster films and stuff like that, and so it's it's because you know they they kind of bring their I suppose their their you know background to them and everything else. Um, so yeah, I mean. I was a little bit sort of hesitant about it, I must admit, because it's the sixth Spider-Man film in yeah. uh, since 2002. So it's kind of like, oh, God, mm. you know what I mean? And, and, and But I was really pleasantly surprised. It's very... Um, funny in in a lot of ways it's it's got a lot of 80s references in there there's stuff there about ferris bueller risky business um tom holland is very good as spider-man i have to say i mean he, he had his kind of little cameo in captain america um uh, what was the last one they did uh captain america 3 basically wasn't it a civil war and um so it, yeah it it kind of, although it's like over two hours long, as most of these films are these days, it zipped along. Michael Keaton is excellent as the Vulture. Um, I was a bit worried that um, it was going to be a bit of a double kind of, uh, what do you call it, if you like, a Tony Stark was going to take over a little bit, Robbie Downer mm. Jr. But although he appears quite a lot in the trailers, um, he's not really in it much at all, to be honest with you. He's, he's got like, it's more of a cameo. And at the very end of the film, it says, with you know Robert Downey Jr. That kind of tells you how much you know he's kind of in the film. Um, it's I've seen uh, not a criticism, but uh, somebody say it's kind of like a PG Deadpool. And as a, but I do, a, I, I kind of go with that a little bit. Yes, it kind of is because there's loads of like jokes. But then Spider Man's always been a kind of like a wisecracking character. You know mm. what I mean? So I wouldn't sort of yeah. like um, you know criticize it too much for that. But yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised. Uh, it's although it's got big set pieces in it, it, they aren't massive set pieces like the Avengers films, um, where they kind of almost like you know kind of bash your head in, just to, you know to a point where does you, it does it have that Avengers ending where it's just a massive battle that's really noisy at no, the end? That's, that's what I'm saying. Well, that, that's a huge plus for me then. I might go like, and see it. Yeah, there's a couple of like big set pieces, but they're not like I said, kind of just like everything's getting blown up so you don't know what's going on it's um and it, yeah the the characters are great in it you know the actors are very good um what's like uh, keaton like in it he's good yeah he's good yeah. you know it kind of like um it, you know he, he shows off uh he's kind of I've always thought with Michael Keaton that, like, particularly with Pacific Heights, that he kind of you always, he, you know, he's he's kind of like a bit of a chameleon, kind of, you know, he can blend into sort of like normal situations, mm. but then he can yeah. he, he can be quite a dangerous person, and and you're never sure which way he's going to go, and mm. he's kind of like he he brings that to this, do you know what I mean? It, it all, it, you know, he's he's kind of he's not just a one-dimensional character; he, he's actually quite good in it, and um, you know, you. you 
yeah, he, he's he's actually really good. Um, they've kind of they've made a few changes to the the general universe itself. You know, it's sort of like some of the characters that you would have known uh, if you like, know, you know, read the comics or watched the previous films and stuff like that. Um, yeah, Marissa Tomei's in it. I I didn't think she was great. If I'm honest with you, I mean, she she plays Aunt May. Um, oh, she's a bit young. Well, they never call her aunt, but they just call her May. So, but I'm mm. assuming it's it's you know and. Yeah. Uh, it's it's good, yeah. It's actually really good. I liked the you know the sort of like the 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 jokes just come thick and fast. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, it is actually very good. I was very surprised, I must admit. Well, Tom Holland's one of the original Billy Elliot's, isn't he? Um, That's what I've heard. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. a, a friend of mine trains the Billy Elliot's, and and she taught Tom Holland how to dance. Ah, it's interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. So just uh, yeah. Um, also, uh, apparently, he's into parkour and sort of like uh, you know free running mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that's what helped him to get this part because he'd uh, sent a uh, sort of video in of him doing all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's really good, really funny, really entertaining. Um, you know, there's action in it, but it didn't seem like out of place or you know just let's let's blow stuff up for the sake of it do you know what i mean so very good worth the watch then definitely all right mm, good news that one yeah yeah mm. what did you think of the um the toby Maguire and um andrew garfield oh, i loved them love all them. of them oh yeah they were just i loved them the first one in particular was just to me i don't think anything would really beat that first toby Maguire film Spider-Man wise for me Mm. Mm. Andrew Garfield's just sort of like went over my head really I saw it but I couldn't tell you anything about it yeah yeah Yeah, I mean I'm the same I watched the second one uh, recently with Jamie Foxx I didn't think that was particularly good if I'm honest with you Um, he's alright I mean I I thought he was okay but yeah I really actually it's kind of looking back at them I haven't watched them for a little while but kind of watching the Tobey Maguire Films. Kirsten Dunst is love. She's amazing in those films, isn't yeah, she? Yeah. yeah, and I think they kind of captured the the right amount of like action and but emotion sort of like side of it as well. Um, yeah. And I, I think people perhaps look back at Tobey Maguire and perhaps appreciate them a bit more. And again, I think they were kind of hit at roughly the same time because you know world was changing because of nine eleven, and this kind of came out around the time where. Well, let's make it sound cheesy. Like America needed something to kind of lift it in some way. I think yeah. that's why it it yeah. it, it yeah. really did well. You know, in terms of yeah. box yeah. office, and then obviously Sam Raimi. You know, we talked about this a little while ago. You know, with Sam Raimi, and it kind of was like a a big break for him. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then the second one came out, and everybody said it was like you know even better. But I still think the first one, and as daft as it sounds, really fucking cheesy as it is, I love the song from that with yeah. Chad <laughs> uh, Oh yeah. Yeah, it's you know. great, isn't it? I still listen to it on my iPod now. You know, <laughs> God, it's, it's, it's totally singable, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you, you can't help but sing along with it. And yeah. um, and again, the song, you know, it kind of just totally captured the 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 theme, um, you know, of, of the film. You know, oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. So no, it, this one is good. This one is good. Oh yeah, so I think that's my movie stuff. Anyway, I I just want to give one very quick mention dave i don't know if you're already going to talk about this Go on. i think it 
comes into the section of movies rather than TV is Neil Blomkamp's studio, Oats Studios. Yes, definitely. If any of you haven't been either on their website or on YouTube and watched what Neil Blomkamp's collaborators have been putting out lately... Um, I think the first one was called Raka, which is R-A-K-K-A, mm. starring Sigourney Weaver. About 22 Please. minutes long, isn't it, that one? Yeah, they're all they, they're an experimental, I think, studio formed by Neil Blomkamp, who's a bit pissed off because he's not allowed to make Alien, so he's gone <laughs> off and done his own thing. And for fuck's sake, Ridley Scott, you're my favourite director, but can you just give it to him? Yeah. Because do an amazing job but for all of you that haven't seen uh anything to do with oat studios please google it please start watching the films because you'll be knocked out by them that racker racker was incredible i think they've done at the time of recording i think they've done three 20 odd minute short films they've done a couple of real short sort of stings that are about two and three minutes long they've done a couple with well, this... they've done one called zygot that we watched last night which is a monster that's made of arms yeah one called god one called firebase racker and cooking with bill they've done a, cu- a couple of yeah. cooking with bill which are only yeah. like two and three minutes yeah. long so it ranges from a couple of minutes up to 20 odd minutes and mm. it's just i mean neil blomkamp came from like short films district nine started from a short yeah. film that he made so yeah, it was alive in Joburg, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember watching that when it came out. Yeah. So he's doing this and he's putting out like this potpourri of all these different ideas that maybe some will be expanded upon and made into a full length feature. But as sort of an attention getter for what they're doing and the different people involved, it's a great sort of window for people to show what they do. And they're, and they're all like, I mean... We've said, haven't we, Tina, as, as far as mm. like special effects go, and we've, we've all sort of poo-pooed CGI, but for my money, you can't beat the way that Neil Blomkamp uses CGI in his movies. It's just like, mm. he, he mm. makes it real. It's like, even though, you know, it's not... It's, and he has everything in bright daylight as well, and, and everything has weight to it. And it's the same with the, even with these short films. They've not spared any expense on the making of them. No. Or if they have, it doesn't show on the screen. Because when mm. you're watching it, you're going, fuck me, that looks really good. So, yeah. and, and I know they've got another, I think, a 20-odd minute one coming up. And they're currently on what they call Volume 1. And I read today that Neil Blomkamp's looking into... I mean, obviously, they've got to make money on it. They're just not going to piss money out just to entertain everybody but he was saying that if they can get some sort of financial thing stable where they're going to make money through this in however way that they can do it they've got so many ideas that they're going to use in volume two and so yeah it's just you know if you haven't already heard of Oat Studios like Tina said go to the website go to YouTube start watching it start supporting them because it's really good stuff really good stuff oh nice Mm. I have to check those out because I do like uh, Neil Blomkamp I do like it. Yeah, I mean, District Nine's a great film. Um, Elysium, I thought was all right. I I haven't seen Chappie yet, I must admit. Mm, So it's really good. Chappie's good. Yeah, it's a really good film. I don't know why people piss on it. No, I don't. I think it's got a lot of heart. Chappie has. Yeah, it has. Makes you cry at the end. Yeah. 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 Just the the way that uh, District Nine is, you know, makes you cry at the end. So does Chappie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, I've got two documentaries. Uh, I've got one, again, that we watched, Tina, called Meet the Hitlers from 2014. Yeah, what a great, 
<laughs> what a great documentary it was and as well. And it's a documentary about this guy, and he just goes across the world to different countries, America and Germany, obviously, and he just films people whose name is Hitler. Now, some of the people, it's their surname. I think one, it's their um, Christian name. And it just follows them and the way that having the name Hitler affects their life. And there's one guy in particular, and he's the guy that's in Germany, that you start the documentary off. And we both said this, Tina. We went, oh, fucking hell, he's a dick. You know what I mean? He's, he's... But he's the one that you feel the most empathy for by the end of the mm -hmm. documentary. You're thinking... And you feel bad for yourself by thinking, like, 90 minutes ago, you were thinking, what a dick. And then, like, towards the end, you're going, oh, what a poor guy. <laughs> it's a, yeah. that. His journey is really good in it. And it's just worth watching for the fact that just, you know, how that one name has affected people's lives. Just when you say Hitler and you think, is there, you know, is there any other name that you could be called that would have that effect worldwide on so many people? And it was it was really good and it was a good yeah. sort of broad spectrum of people that they followed from i think the girl was how old was she was she 16 teen or something like that yeah she was 16 and she really loved having the surname hitler because people really made a fuss of her and sort of were like oh it's so awful your name is hitler and we love you because you're a blonde beauty queen but um there was an there was another guy i think he was from colombia maybe uh, and he'd moved to america and his first name was hitler so his name was something like hitler garcia because his family had no idea who hitler was and they'd want his mum had heard the name hitler on the radio didn't know who he was and thought that's a nice name i think i'll call my baby that <laughs> <laughs> but then there was a I know, I know. And he was like on the phone to her saying, Mom, why did you call me Hitler? Like in Spanish. And she said, because it's a nice name. And he was trying to explain to her that he was like this, this despot. And she just didn't get, how, can you imagine that people in the modern world have never heard of Hitler, Adolf Hitler? But his mother hadn't. And I, was it Colombia she lived? It was somewhere. It was somewhere America, like that. Right, it was. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. But there was another family who lived, did they live in Boston? I can't remember where they lived. But he was a white supremacist. He was covered in Nazi tattoos. And um, he got one, one son was called Heinrich Himmler. And another son was called Adolf Hitler. And Jeez. another son was called Goering. And, you know, people were like, oh, yeah. hold on a minute. You're... He'd even got the moustache. He'd, yeah, he'd got a big swastika tattooed on his neck. Banker. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. he was just, um, he was just like, it wasn't funny. No. And they, um, the social services in America, the equivalent of the social services, took his three children off him. And he couldn't understand why, because he didn't mistreat them. He just but, taught them how to do sick hile. But when, they went, to the, to when they went to the Jews. courts, though, he went yeah. to the courts in full on Nazi uniform, the boots yeah, he was and everything. Yeah, as, as an SS officer. And, oh, and couldn't yeah. believe why they took the kids off him. Yeah. It's like, Jesus well, Christ, mate. Yeah. Just, <laughs> And then his wife, well, the end of the documentary was his wife left him and got the, had visitation rights restored back mm. to the children, didn't she? But yeah. um, but the, the really interesting thing about the documentary was that it followed on from another documentary about a guy in Britain who, and again, I can't, I'm sure Dave can look it up and put it in the podcast notes, um, released a book about 10 years ago, and he traced the last living relatives of Adolf Hitler, because Hitler had a brother, a half-brother, 
other who, when all the the Socialist Workers' Party started up, he, he could sort of see where it was going. And he ran away to America and then went to Britain and lived in Britain for quite some time. And again, I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but he was, you know, they had the same father. And um, he used to make propaganda films for the Americans because he ended up living in America saying, you know, we've got to raise money and fight this man. He's evil. And I know what I'm talking about because he's my half brother. And he had three or four children. And Channel 4 made a documentary about them. And it's called something along the lines of Finding the Hitlers, something like that. And it's a serious documentary because all of them refuse to be interviewed on camera. They're all, um, they've changed their name, but they're easy to find. Everybody knows who they are. It's like an open secret in the small town in America where they live. And they're all, you know, like late 50s, early 60s now. And all of them got sterilized as soon as they found out who they were related to. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All of them. Yeah, so none of them. The Hitler line finished with them and they all took the decision and they all were sterilized. So none of them have children. There are no no bloodline as far as they know. And this man's been really rigorous in trying to find relatives of Adolf Hitler. There's no one left unless he had illegitimate children. But they're all alive, the the children of the, the brother of Adolf Hitler. Um, I, you know, so that he sort of tried to get a couple of them to talk and they just basically said, just fuck off and leave no. us alone. Fair enough, really. Yeah, Holy but there's a book shit. you can buy it on Amazon um, by the man. You can, you know, just go on Amazon and look, look for, you know, like a book about the Hitler family. And it's there and it's about um, it's about his family. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a good. So, yeah, a good starting point is this documentary, This Meet the Hitlers. And then, yeah. then you can just sort of go deeper into the rabbit hole. Then that's it. And then go go as far yeah, as you want, you want with that one. Yeah, if you want fashion tips as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leather Long boots. Hair, uniform. Yes. Gosh, I hope Prince Harry's listening to this. Oh yes, he's already got the outfit. <laughs> he doesn't need to know, does he? <laughs> mm. um, the final sort of movie bit that I've got is a documentary that I watched on the plane on the way back, called Rise of the Sufferfests from 2016 what? suffer fests suffer fests as in pain as and it, suffering yes and is and as in festivals suffer fests okay i can't, can't imagine what this is about it's all about you know the rise of all this tough mudder and all these kind of things yeah. that yeah. everybody's getting into now it chronicles the very beginning of this and this really eccentric british guy that is the catalyst of it all that I never knew about. I mean, you know, obviously I've never done one and I've never really looked too deeply. Uh, but I knew about all the Tough Mudders and all the, the ones that have splintered off as well. So this, they start off with this really eccentric old guy. And I forget where he is in the UK. And he is proper sort of, oh my God, I'm absolutely fucking bonkers, is one of them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and he started it and it was called um, Tough Guy. And it's still going on today. And this is yeah, and this is a we have it by us as well. This it's actually it's called Tough Guy, so I'm assuming it's the same. It could one. be near you then, actually. Yeah, it could well be. And the stuff they make them do is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. 
ridiculous. They go th- through like electric, you know, they get electrocuted and they go through like ice water and think it's held like the second week of January or the last week of January when it is really fucking cold. Um, but it goes on about the genesis of these kinds of things. But it's really good because it then it goes more in depth about why people do it. Is it because it's again social media based and they're going, well, would you do it if you? didn't have this social media platform of where you could put on Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and go, oh, look at me, I've done this. Would you still do it? And a lot wouldn't, and a lot say that they still would. Uh, And then it goes in, it digs even deeper still about, like, well, if there wasn't social media so you can sort of show off and have these great, you know, pictures online, why then would you do it? And it goes into, you know, the personal reasons of people battling this, that and the other, be it like physical um, problems that they've come up against or mental problems and they're trying to battle all of this stuff and and completing one of these things is like a personal goal much like running up the rocky steps but a lot more tougher you know what i mean and it's yes i've done that now and it's it's really interesting for a few facts that a i never knew that there were so many different things like this tough mudder that have gone on um also how much money there is to be made out of it uh and mostly some of the shit that people actually do to complete these things is is just like absolutely ridiculous. And you're going, why are you doing that? Just like, why are you doing it? So it's yeah, it's it's really good whether you've got any interest. If you've done one, I guess it's even more interesting. But like me, I've I've never done one and probably never will. It was it was it it goes off on so many different branches that it's um, it gives a lot no matter what you're looking for. Mm. Mm. Who's the guy that you're talking about? Was his name Billy Wilson, by any chance? Who did the tough guy? Who organised the tough guy stuff? Does oh, that I'm, really I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to Google tough guy. Oh, it's it, tough guy, the original Wolverhampton. There you go. So it is. Yeah, there it, you go. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it's come it's, up and it's got it, a big it, tash. That's weird. That it's literally yeah uh, around the corner from me, pretty much. You know what, mate? You've got to do it now. <laughs> do you know, yeah. I know he's do you know what annoys me the most is when it happens and they're doing like t- twice a year they close the fucking road off so these <laughs> wankers can get their fucking rocks off you know running through mud and shit like that so you're not going to do it then bastards no i don't fancy doing it if i'm honest with you they, they do a summer one and a winter one i wouldn't fancy doing the winter one no no. I'm 41 now. I'm too old for that. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! Just because you've got big old man balls banging on your knees, you can tie them up like Dave does. Yeah, I'll give you some show tips. you how to do it. Yeah, I'll give you tips, mate, on how to do that. Yeah, you should enter it. No, you yeah. can drop big people as you go past as well. You'd be great. Well, yeah, you never know, but. Um, yeah, oh, that's that's weird. That's funny though, isn't it? It's going to say it's just around the corner from me. Yeah, so, so there you go. A little bit more interest for if you want to watch it as well, mate. Um... Mm, you might spot places that you know, or people that you know yeah. maybe as well if they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that's my sort of movie and documentary stuff. Has anybody got any other movie or documentary stuff? I've got TV stuff. Yeah. I've got a sort of documentary. It, well, it, actually, it is a documentary that I can't talk at great length about because I didn't know I was going to talk about it. Um, Dave, I know, has heard of American Epic because I made him uh, buy me the soundtrack to it. But it's a recent documentary uh, made by T-Bone Burnett. He's done loads of music for different films like, um, oh, shit, what's that film with the dude in it? The one that won all the Oscars. 
Jeff. Oh. Oh, I'm going to have to look. People are going to shout at us now, aren't they? I know. The bowling um, yeah. one. And the consumer, Jeff Bridges. In, in, his, in his cardigan and bowling. Yeah, no, no. It's not It's not <laughs> the that, that the film. Yeah, the big Lebowski, but the film he made that he won the... He, he won the... Doodah for the the Oscar for oh Crazy Heart. Oh, right. seen that? I've heard of it. Boring fucking film. Fuck me, it's boring. Oh my god! Even though Colin Farrell's in it, I love Jeff Bridges. Didn't make it to the end. I just was just so bored by it. It was boring. But T Bone Bonehead does the music for it, and he sort of. Like a jazzier version of Ry Cuda, really. You know, like Ry Cuda does Paris, Texas and the music's... That sort of music. T-Bone Burnett does that old-style American epic music. So, anyway, this documentary more or less stars Jack White, who was in The White Stripes. You know who Jack White is? I do, yeah. Yeah. I really like Jack White as well. Really like him singing... um, was all I quite like the white stripes but i really like jack white anyway so what they did was you know everything's digital whoever it was may have been t t bone burnett i have done no research on this whatsoever all i did was watch the documentary and then buy the soundtrack because it is awesome um they got all the original recording equipment from the 1920s, 30s and 40s, cylinder discs, whatever, things that you sing into them and they make the record there and then into wax that you take home with you. Uh, and they got all these really famous people. Um, Jack White was one of them. He sings on quite a few. They got Elton John to sing a song. Um, Taj Mahal. Beck was in it as well. And Steve Martin, who's like a big jazz man. You know, Steve Martin out of Roxanne. Funny guy, Steve Martin. Um, So they literally get people into the studio, let them rehearse 20 times, then go, right, we're going to go for a take. You've got one go at this and whatever it comes out like, that's it. And that's what happened. So they released an album of it. It's so interesting because they show you all these different methods of recording music. Um, and I, I'm not techy at all, but it was really interesting. Uh, so they've released, I think, to go along with the documentary, the album of the people now singing songs that they've made now, or they're singing old American songs from like the Depression. And then the other album that they've released is a three-disker, and it's the original music from the 1930s that was really recorded on this original equipment now probably if steve had joined us on this podcast he'd be going yes tina yes music (laughs) but you two you're just two boring old fucking 80s bastards rock bastards (laughs) aren't you no i i saw i came in i came in it yeah and then you walked out again i did not shit you're watching where's the hair and the tight lycra trousers there is no cock on show tina this is shit music. None That's of them. None of them fire a rocket out of the guitar. This out is fucking awful. Ass. 
This yeah, is not. not, not <laughs> no, it, it was no, it was really enjoyable because it was at one it point. It was good. Yeah, the, the, because of the equipment that they're using, and obviously, you know, it everything's so old and so basic, and it breaks, yeah. and then they have to fix it. And like Tina said, it's just like it's a one-shot deal because they're recording onto onto these barrels and everything. And you go, well, you, it's not like now with digital. Oh, we'll just go over it. That's it. You've got this one go at it, and whatever happens, that's how it's going to sound. And it was, it was, it was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the music again, uh, you know, even if you if you think that you're not going to like this sort of music, give it a go because it's the roots of country and western, and the roots of country and western came from like the roots of Europe and Ireland and England and Wales, old folk songs that mutated into this, you know, like Dolly Parton, Glen Campbellness. But it's um, yeah, if you get a chance to watch it, if you like music have a look for this documentary it's called american epic mm -hmm. and there are several so i think there's three separate so ka-ching yeah there's <laughs> three a lot of separate soundtrack yeah there's a lot of music you can buy to go with it but it's really good it is the end good. yeah it is good <laughs> excellent yeah um tv i'll kick off tv because i've got to say the tv i've got two tv things to talk about the first one not only is it the best television show I've watched all year, Beating Feud that we talked about the other month, mate. It's, <gasps> oh, it, it is. It's it, it's the best thing. <laughs> it's the best. It beats any movie. It beats any documentary. It's the best oh. thing I have watched all year so far. So if that isn't recommendation enough, I don't know what is. Uh, it's only three parts. Uh, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I feel like I should insert a drum that. roll or something. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Five Came Back, which is on... Is it on Netflix, Tina, or Amazon? Yeah. Which, it's on Netflix, isn't it? Three-part series, and it's where five modern-day directors talk about five directors from years ago. So what you've got is the five modern-day directors. You've got Steven Spielberg, Guillermo del Toro, Lawrence Kasdan, Paul Greengrass, and Francis Ford Coppola. And they're talking about um, William Wyler... Frank Capra, George Stevens, John Ford and John Huston. Now, the the thing that all these five directors from yesteryear have got in common is they all willingly signed up uh, and enlisted in World War II and went and filmed everything that was happening in World War II. So they went from fiction films to making these documentary pieces of just capturing the action as it happened on the fly in the mo I can imagine the most horrific circumstances and some of the footage you see we oh, there was a few scenes in the Tina where we we're going oh for yeah. fuck's sake and it just ma it makes you realize like the the futility of war when you're watching it and yeah. you're going well why the fuck do are humans killing each other why do we go through this and this is what it puts on screen in front of you and of course because you've got such five amazing directors of yesteryear and five amazing directors of now talking about it. The way that they present everything is so engaging. The mm. footage that you watch is, it's entrances you. It was like mm. only three parts and everything. Oh, I wanted like another 10 parts of this. And we were, yeah. hope, you know, we're hoping for like, you know, oh, please let there be a Blu-ray release where the snippets of all these films that these amazing directors made put them all together put the full films together in the blu-ray release with these episodes as well because the stories of what these guys did and what these guys saw it's it's just absolutely 
incredible. It was like, and yeah. we were watching it, weren't we? And we're going, this is just like the best thing ever. It's, you can't taste your eyes off the screen there's moments in it where you want to because what you're watching is so horrific and like i said you're thinking why why are we going to war with each other and what these guys did voluntarily as well and the effect it had on their lives yeah not only during when they were actually in the battles but it carries on of what happens afterwards so it tells a you know the narrative of it is amazing it tells you it gives you all the background of them right at the beginning of the careers it goes through the war starts they sign up it shows you what they did uh what they filmed and then it goes on to the effect it had afterwards it also shows you the effect uh, it had on soldiers afterwards, you know, and this post-traumatic PTSD, isn't it? Post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm. It shows the first signs of that, and they were filming this, and guys physically shaking and can't deal with what they've seen. Uh, it's oh, I cannot recommend it highly enough, mate. So mm. for th- it was great. Yeah, three episodes. Uh, yeah, if you've got Netflix, yeah. get on there and watch this because it's it's the best thing. I, like I said, I have watched this year by a long way. So oh, one doc- thing. Oh, go on, sorry. That, that one thing about the the directors as well that's quite important is that out of out of the original directors that went off to war, John Ford and John Houston um, were quite well known for making hard boiled sort of manly type films, but William Wyler, Wyler and Frank Frank Capra made and George Stevens as well made very family orientated. I mean, um, George Stevens solidly made nothing but musicals. He, he made all the Ginger Rogers musicals, Fred Astaire stuff. And and then they, they they made frilly, fancy Hollywood studio sort of fripperies, really. Yeah, and they were incredibly successful and, like, really talented. Um, and most of them were foreign as well and changed their names. So you're as... Adam Roach, I'm sure, would be able to tell you all about them. You know, they they were they were all like from Italy. I think um, it's William well, Wyler from France, Dave. I think he was French, so. wasn't yeah. he? Um, and but changed his name. Um, you know, so William Wyler actually went back to the town that he was from, just as it was liberated from the Germans. And it's so moving that these men who made glossy musicals for a vast audience, which did have a place during the war years to keep people's spirits up, came back and made films like Ben-Hur afterwards. And, uh, you know, it really changed them. Yeah, dramatically, they, they couldn't. They couldn't mentally deal with it with them making yeah. sort of fluff anymore yeah. because yeah. the whole yeah. perspective of yeah. of life had totally changed with what they'd mm. seen and what they'd filmed. So they they really felt that they couldn't make that type of film anymore. It's it's amazing to yeah. watch. It really yeah. is. Well, William Wyler, um, when I was in uni, um, one of the lecturers that I had, William Wyler, directed a film called Mrs. Miniver, and I I don't know if either of you are familiar with it, but it this film supposedly made the Americans join the Second World War because it was so hard-hitting. Um, Greer Garth's and Walter Pidgeon. It's a brilliant film. It's proper, you know, stiff upper lip. And they're in a church at the end of it, and the church has been bombed, and they don't know if Johnny's dead or not, their son, has gone off to war. But it was so shocking because the Americans didn't want to join in this war that was, you know, 6,000 miles away. Who can blame them? But this film sort of really brought it home to them. Uh, and William, 
Martin Wyler directed that, um, and it and it did, you know, it did make the Americans go fuck. Maybe we should help them. But uh, it's a great documentary. And if you think that you don't like or are not interested in black and white films or films from like 1935 onwards, give it a go because oh, Guillermo yeah. del Toro's in it. <laughs> well, yeah, like, so with the modern yeah. day, if, if, you've, if you've got any interest at all in film, and if you're listening to this, I, you should have really, f- film or filmmaking or history or World War Two, or just plain humanity. You've you've got to watch it. Yeah. It's it is essential. Mm. How yeah. long is it each yeah. episodes? Ooh, are they just over an hour. They're about an they? hour. They're about an hour yeah. each. Yeah, so, so they yeah. pack they pack quite a lot in then. They pack they? a hell of a lot in. Yeah, which yeah. again makes you just wish there was more to it. It's like oh yeah, it could just keep going. Mm. Yeah, and then watch Saint Schindler's List. Then watch, uh, I don't know, Sophie's Choice. And then definitely watch... <laughs> definitely watch an, an amazing film that was filmed by British filmmakers the day that they entered Auschwitz called Night Will Fall. And I think it was only released maybe two years ago because it's so horrific. Mm. But what a film. Mm. It is It is an amazing film. And I think all children should be sat down in secondary school and made to watch Night Will Fall and hopefully that atrocity would never happen again. Mm. And I also think Donald Trump should be made to watch it. <laughs> was that, is, that, um, is that like a documentary again? Or was yeah, that actually a film? Yeah. Like a dr- it's not, it's not, not so much a documentary as all these British filmmakers actually coming across uh, Auschwitz. They didn't know whether no. or not it was true. It was, yeah. you know, the people in the village knew what was going on, but they did, you know, the Allies didn't really know for sure yeah. if it was true or not until, and they've got cameras with them, and they lit, and literally this film is the first glimpse of all these Jewish people and gay people and gypsies and whatever anybody the Nazi didn't like. Yeah, uh, and it is, it's, it's probably one of the most powerful films that I've ever seen. It's hot. Horrible. Um, you talking about that? It's kind of it, you know. It made me think of the uh, you mentioned him, um, the Secret History of Hollywood. Uh, the show's about Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Because uh, he was involved in putting together all, a lot of this, that sort of like the, the stuff that was filmed. Yeah. To, to yeah. show to, to to use as evidence, I think yeah. primarily yeah. against yeah. the Germans and the Nazis that were involved yeah. in those atrocities. But yeah. it kind of got buried um, from again listening to the document the documentary, listening to the show. Uh, because they mm. didn't want to um, upset the sort of like you know relations as such mm. you know and they were trying to rebuild the countries and everything mm. else that was going along with it but the way that Adam described all of the the stuff that happened you know in terms of the, the when the allies were, were coming up to the camps and Auschwitz and people you know just dying in the road and mm. mothers holding dead babies to their breast it's mm. it's fucking you know it's 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 horrible horrible yeah. um mm. but yeah so yeah there you go. After you've watched uh, Sophie's Choice and um, those documentaries and Schindler's List, if you fancy watching a more uplifting John <laughs> film, yeah. then go and watch Escape to Victory uh, with Sylvester really? Stallone in gold. Because <laughs> he kills all the Nazis with one football. I love that film. <laughs> so does Dave. 
Oh, he's a great goalkeeper in that, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's the most. Un- he, he just doesn't look like a goalkeeper <laughs> at all. So. <laughs> Go on, then, mate. Did you say you got some movie stuff? TV, TV. Oh, TV. Sorry. TVs. Go on. Yeah. I've got, I've got um, one TV, but I, I want to save it for last. You'll know why when we get to it. Okay, okay. Um, right. I've got. Um, I think this is another recommendation from from you guys ages and ages ago. It's looking for something sort of short. Well, you know, I, I take the iPad to bed and I'll kind of you know watch an episode of something. But you mentioned some time ago Inside Number Nine. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Steve Pemberton, uh, Reese Shearsmith, uh, no Mark Gattis, uh, and, and I mentioned him because he was part of the three that were involved with the League of Gentlemen, which I did, you know, love. Um, I, I think it's one of those shows that people either love it or hate it. It's very, very mm. polarizing. Dave, yeah. uh, you're not a big fan, I'm are you? I'm not a fan or? at all. No, not at all. Nah. Uh, whereas I think Tina, you quite like it, don't you? I'm a massive, massive fan of them. I think they're yeah. amazing. Yeah. So inside... I don't get Dave at all not liking it. <laughs> well, I my... just don't get it. Yeah, my wife's the same. She can't stand it. And I, I you know, I... weird, but still. Um, but inside number one, inside number nine, sorry, uh, is a TV show that was originally shown on BBC Two, if I remember rightly. I never watched it at the time, but it's all on Netflix now and Amazon. And they're 30 minute shows. And they feature Steve Pemberton, Rhys Shearsmith, amongst, uh, you know, a wealth of other British talent and actors and, and, and whatever. They're all individual stories, but the link to them is that they're all behind, set behind a, a, a door, uh, number nine. And the stories, I, I mean, I remember uh, you saying that they're really dark and they are really fucking dark, uh, you know, like, it's kind of the humor's there. The first episode is about these people um, that are playing hide and seek. You know, it's like I think like a birthday party or a gathering for this family. And the tradition thing is that they all play hide and seek. You know, they're kind of like old toffs, you know, and kind of like upper class and whatever. Um, and it, it all kind of links to this one guy who's hiding in the cupboard. And then there's a load of them hiding in the cupboard. So there's all this kind of like, you know, you're not sure where this is going. And then it's the, the, the twist at the very end. And you know what it reminds me of is a really black Tales of the Unexpected, which I used to watch mm. when I was a kid. Um, and it's just, like I said, each kind of episode is a different story. Um, did you watch all of them, Tina? Yeah, I've watched all of them. I, I find them very hit and miss. Right. Like out of maybe six of them, one will be really brilliant. One will be okay. Okay, and the other four will be like, oh, hmm. you didn't okay. know how to end that, did you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've, I've watched four so far and um, enjoyed them. Um, I think the first one was really good. Uh, like I said, that one, you know, kind of take, took me by surprise. I didn't know. I where think it's it, the but... most famous one, the one in the cupboard, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. it's kind of, it just kind of take, it took me by surprise. The ending of it, I must admit, you know, it was very cool. It was didn't see it coming at all. Great twist. Mm. And then after that, there's one where it's kind of like it's almost like it tries to be a silent movie um, about these two burglars and they break into a house and um, there's no dialogue at all with any of the actors in it. And uh, it's about them trying to get this this painting. Um, and again, interesting idea i think like you said this sort of the 
Uh, it kept me going till the end, but it, it wasn't one of the, the better ones. Uh, there's another one with uh, Gemma Arterton in it and about a teacher who um, sees this homeless guy who returns his wallet and um, he's kind of like put in an uncomfortable position where, you know, it's almost like, you know, he'll give them the, 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 the homeless guy some money and then he just shows up at his doorstep and gradually as time goes on, the, 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 he moves in and then it, like, you know, the, it, the, the, the teacher who helps him out kind of becomes the down and out and everything. And mm. um, yeah, interesting stories. I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I do like, um, you know, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton, particularly now that they're back together and, um, you know, doing this kind of stuff, does remind me, mm. it, makes, it makes me want to watch League of Gentlemen, do you know what I mean? But They're making it, a new series, aren't they? Are they? Uh, Mark Gatiss said something on Twitter about a month ago that they're writing it at the moment. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, cool. yeah. That's awesome. So, but no, Inside Number Nine, I think they've done four series so far. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it it's it's different so hmm. uh and then my recommendation of the month uh it is goes to an amazon uh prime tv show there's loads of these now popping up isn't there this like I mean, oh, when yeah. we talked about them like a couple of years ago or three years ago it was kind of they were still in their infancy there weren't that many of them but now there are so many exclusive shows to netflix to um amazon you know it's sort of you know and even looking on uh, the fire stick there's like kind of you know because you got there I've got their own movie services but there's all these like little splinter movie kind of like services that you can download like an MGM like app which you know has got all the MGM movies on there there's there's like I think there's an, even an Arrow one which has got like all Arrow oh. releases yeah uh, you have to pay for them though yeah that's what I'm saying but there's like yeah. all these kind of like little kind of splinter mm. pa- paid for services that you know you can you can get um, so. But this uh, is called Bosch, of, uh, which always kind of makes me smile when I say it as well. Like you just think, want to go, Bosch, kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, or it reminds me of, like, you know, the sort of like um, Blackadder 4, when they're always calling the Germans the Bosch. Yeah. That <laughs> but, um, yeah, have you heard of Bosch at all? See, or? In the cover for it on Amazon, I've seen, like, the guy. It's a man, isn't it? With, like, yes. grey hair. Yeah, but I've never uh, seen it. So these are based on uh, books by Michael Connolly, and um, I've, I've listened to a couple of interviews. Uh, he used to be a journalist, and then he's he got into writing. It was his, his dream job. It's what he always wanted to do. But because he wrote a lot of stuff in the papers around crime, and you know that's kind of I suppose you know you write about what you know. And um, so it, the the character Harry Bosch, uh, it, it's I think the books, I mean like they're multi-million selling books, you know, really really popular. I haven't read any of them, I must admit, but um, I'd seen this pop up on Amazon, and I think we were just like kind of like looking for something to watch one night. And there's three series at the moment. They're 10 episodes per series. They last anything between 40 to 55 minutes. There's no real consistency. Like They're not like a, a sort of like blanket 40-minute episode. They're sort of like, you know, I'm not sure why they do that. But each episode, uh, sorry, series feels like its own kind of like self-contained movie, if, if that makes sense, in as much as that um, – Bosch, the character, is kind of he's a middle-aged guy. He's got an estranged wife and daughter. They live in Las Vegas. He lives in Lo- uh, Los Angeles. He's a seasoned veteran cop. You know, he's a detective, uh, homicide detective, and um, he's very 
um, dogged. You know what I mean? He, he's very determined. He, he he's got a very, very clear sense of right and wrong, but at the same time, he's not sort of adverse to sort of breaking or bending the rules a little bit to, for him, you know himself. Which you know he gets criticised for, obviously by you know the superiors, but the press as well. And I mean, so far, so kind of standard. You know, you've seen these kind of shows before. You know about these kind of cops. Um, and I do love a good uh, police drama. You know, going back to Hill Street Blues when I used to watch that when I was a kid. Then into the nineties with NYP. PD Blue, Homicide, Life on the Street, you know, and, and so I'm, I've always like liked those kind of like you know I suppose American police dramas, and I think the thing that sets this apart, you know, is that the writing is uh, really good. Michael Connolly is uh, very closely attached to it based on interviews I've seen of him. Uh, he he works. As on as well as he, he writes the books, he works on the actual kind of writing of the um, the, the TV show itself. You know, he's oh. an advice. He's an advisor on it. Um, you've got people who were involved with The Wire, the TV show. Um, did uh, Tina, did you watch The Wire? There's no point asking Dave. Yeah. <laughs> did you like right. it? Oh, God, yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's got actors who were in The Wire. Uh, Lance Reddick, who uh, was in The Wire, uh, he plays a, a chief, as you can imagine. You can't imagine Lance Reddick playing anything else, you know, because he's kind of like this, you know, this kind of, uh, authoritarian, authoritarian kind of character, you know what I mean? You, if you heard him talking, you'd pay attention. Um, Jamie Hector, who, who uh, plays Bosch's partner, he was in The Wire. Uh, you know, because you, you've got, you got a nice crossover. There's writers that were involved with The Wire that kind of work on this. And um, the lead character, Titus Welliver, who I've seen in a few things, I think mainly the last thing I saw him in was Lost. He played like the deep, the devil character in that. I don't know if you got with Lost, whether you, you bothered with it at all. But um, So I've seen him in a pop-up in a few things, but nothing like that kind of made me think about, you know, oh, I've seen him in loads of other bits. You know, he's like kind of, he always hmm. reminds me of a character actor as such. He is really good, you know, is... Um, the way that it's filmed is that no scene lasts for longer than two minutes maximum. So it kind of gives you that. It, although it's, it 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 doesn't interfere with uh, the the sort of like the the, the storytelling and such. Because although it's it's very it's quick in terms of its pace, it kind of it almost feels slow at the same time. It kind of feels like it's a, a book, like it's a page turner because it's like it goes go, goes from one scene to the next. But it feels like you're kind of like reading a book because, you know, you kind of want to see what happens next. Um, and it does feel very literary as well because it just kind of, although I haven't read the books, it feels authentic to them, if that makes sense, because it kind of feels like they've stepped off a page. And it. you guys watch Jack Reacher? Um, yes. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of like, again, I've... I've read very like lee charles wrote those books and again not read any of them but i've, I've sort of like you know they're very celebrate celebrated character you know and and um tom cruise has made two films of them and i like the first jack reacher film i haven't seen the second one but i can imagine that if hollywood kind of got its hands on bosch that's what it would be like kind oh, of right. like a bit of a sort of a Jack Reacher kind of character because he's an ex-army guy. He's an ex-special forces guy, but he's a middle-aged man at the same time. You know, he's a detective, you know, and the first series is uh, about this um, this 25-year-old murder, I think, of uh, I think it's 25 or 20 years, but either way, this kind of cold case. that They find a dead body up in the Los Angeles hills and it's a, a young boy who's been murdered. So, And then it's about sort of how... 
he uh, finds the killer, and then but there's a, a another story that that's sort of happening at the same time of this serial killer um, in in the story, and how they kind of link together. Then the second series uh, is about this this porn producer who's murdered, and uh, again he's sort of like he's investigating these murders. But what I like about it is that each series, although they're kind of like standalone. Um, you could watch one if they say for instance you jumped into two and you hadn't seen one i don't know why you'd do that but let's say if you did um you could still watch it on its own but if you watch them all in together if you like as you would then there's always a bit of a link to the previous ones so I've, we've like watched these three series in the space of like two weeks which is unusual for us like similar. Ah. Mm-hmm. And me and my wife, like even Kay, like really likes it, you know, because it's kind of grabbed her, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's just the acting's really good, the the writing's really good. Um, it's it's fantastic. It's a really good TV series, and uh, looking forward to to seeing what happens in, you know, uh, episode four. But it, like the what I like is the sort of the. It, um, you know, it's the city of lights, isn't it? Kind of like you know, Los Angeles, and it, but it's that sort of the, even the title, uh, the, the sort of like the titles of it. It's that it's that duplicity of sort of you see that yes, on the surface of it, it's 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 you know like um, a great place and everything else, uh, but the, un, the underside of it is like a really seedy kind of like the, there's horrible things that happen there. Do you know what I mean? Kind of you know reminds me a little bit of LA Confidential. You know they promote that this you know this amazing city uh, of bustling you know people and uh, developments and whatever but the, the the actual kind of the stuff that's going on underneath the surface there's there's really horrible things happening and you know uh, Bosch is there to sort of clean up the pieces and everything you know and, and investigate oh. these murders and act on the the you know the, on behalf of the victims it's really good really really good really loved it yeah so there Sorry you go. about the dog shaking himself. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be a 60 Minutes with show if, the dog, <laughs> if there was an ice cream it. fan. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. We'll have to give that oh, a go. Yeah, it does. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool. Uh, uh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got three TV things. Go on then. Oh. One, a companion piece to Dave. Uh-huh. Uh, what he talked about last week, very quickly, um, Nighty Night was written by my hero julia davis and she also did a comedy series called hunderby which is like a mashup of uh every daphne du maurier book and you know, it's like jane eyre um rebecca uh pride and prejudice all mushed up together and hunderby is the result it's very un pc mm-hmm. it's really really funny um so if you if you you know thought about watching Nighty Night and you did watch it and you want to watch something else by Julia Davis, who I think is a great talent, um, Hunderby is a yeah, great one. It is. So the 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 other two series that I'll I'll end with the Big Bang, but very briefly, Dave hates Twin Peaks. He's you watched it when it came out, didn't you, Dave? I did. If yeah. you didn't didn't no, really like it didn't like it. i watched it and was slightly obsessed with it as were a lot of people when it first came on 20 odd years ago um there was a big hoo-ha when uh mr lynch decided he was gonna carry on with the saga of twin peaks and we all thought oh my god it's gonna be amazing it's gonna be wonderful to the point where i actually 
got now tv so i could watch it you know because you could pay for it monthly it's like sort of netflix and amazon um and it's it's like an offshoot of sky where you can watch all the programs that are on there sky most hmm. no films just tv uh and i started to watch it and um dave's other podcast husband tom downey is all who's on 80s picture house is also a big twin peaks fan and he's been going on and on and on at me you know watch it so we can talk about it so i watched the first one and i thought okay it's david lynch it's got to be a bit weird i watched the second one i was like oh it's david lynch it's going to be a bit weird and I watched the third one, I thought, I'm getting a bit bored of David Lynch being a bit weird. I watched the fourth one, I thought, if something doesn't happen, oh, hang on, something happened. Okay, I'll keep watching. And I watched the fifth one, I was like, oh, he's being a bit weird. Oh, this, this, something doesn't happen, I'm going to turn it. Oh, something happened, something happened. So we've been away for a couple of weeks. So I have, I've watched the first maybe 20 minutes of ap- episode eight and episode nine is also available as well. And um, I've had very long conversations with Tom about it. And basically, I will continue to watch it because it's, I suppose it's it's almost like um, hypnotic in a way. It makes no sense whatsoever to the point where it's like watching static at times. And I think, why am I wasting my time watching a bomb go off and then shaky bits and explosions and then a, a person floating and oh look there's Trent Wesner oh it's nine inch there oh and then there's some more shits happening I have no real idea what the fuck is going on in it so I have come to the conclusion that the new Twin Peaks is so far up its own arse that in the way that I think Quentin Tarantino lost it for me because he just believes his own hype and thinks he's infallible and just makes a load of shite these days. Loads of people will argue with me about that. It's just my opinion. I think Quentin Tarantino needs to sit down and have a long, hard think about... Well, his next film it came out yesterday. He's going to make a film about the Manson family and it's going to be shit because he's directing it. Same with Twin Peaks and David Lynch. He's an amazing filmmaker, but I just, I watch Twin Peaks and I'm like, why am I watching this? And that is my review of Twin Peaks. Mm. Why am I watching this? Is your, why am I, your I, review? I do watch it. I do. Even today, it's like, I, I'm totally, something quite horrific happened in episode eight near the beginning that I thought was really effective. And Dave saw it, um, a character gets killed and these things come to sort of of almost rip it apart or gather its soul or I don't know what the fuck was going on. But Dave said, this looks like one of the shit films that I like to watch (laughs) where everyone would say, well, what are you watching this it shit does. for? But because it's David Lynch, everybody goes, it's masterful. It did, honestly. It's I saw masterful. I saw about between five and ten minutes of it today, and there's this one particular scene, and I, I sat and watched it, and it really did look like, I mean, I'll hold my hand up, I do watch, like, zero-budget stuff, because I love watching it, and, and stuff that is shit, but I just love watching shit stuff. But it was a scene, and it was this death scene, death scene, and it it was, if it was in one of the films that, you know, is on my shelves of shame... 
and I'd shown it to Tina or anybody else would go, fuck me, that's absolutely awful, low-budget crap. But because it's David Lynch, people are going, oh, this is this is masterful, this is wonderful. It was awful. I think, it is. Oh. It is incoherent isn't it and i and it's got to the point now where you know i mean tom keeps saying stick with it it's david lynch that's what he does and like i said i'm not going to give up on it i will watch it but i'm i'm starting to get a bit like a bit bored now a bit bored mm. but anyway enough of david lynch because it's a momentous weekend this weekend because sunday night our favorite programs on chris oh yes the yes. dragons are back oh <gasps> Do 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 do. Come on, Chris. Come on, Chris. You're just hoping to see Peter Dinklage's cock. That's all you're wanting to see. No. Game of Thrones, people. Do you know it's weird because I, I was again going to mention it, but um, Secret History of Hollywood. I was finished listening to the uh, Blood. Uh, bullets and blood you know yeah. about the warners and you know it made me th- oh it's amazing it made me think this this is like game of thrones you know yeah. it's but without the dragons yeah. and the the midgets and the, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> well, it's, the it's basically a, a historical soap opera and that's why it's successful yeah. because it's got sex tits and violence in it and it's got history and it's a soap opera Who's not going to want to watch a programme where a brother and sister fuck each other? Yeah. Yeah, with a midget. Over their dead son's grave. Yeah. 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 I think it's unsurpassed. My favourite programme has always been The Sopranos with a close, very close second Breaking Bad. But I think... You know, you can't even compare a program like Game of Thrones to Breaking Bad and The Sopranos. Uh, it's so different. I think it's brave as well, and it's it's epic. It's like David Lean did Telly mm. with Cox. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's, yeah. I've heard there's going to be a spin-off after this is all finished. Is it? Yeah. It's, so. Oh, of course they will be because it's too, too much of a money maker. But who? What do you think? End game, Chris. What? What do you think is going to happen? Who's going to sit on that throne? Um, whether it's going to be Jon Snow or Daenerys, I think. Uh, it, I think it's setting it up for one of those two, isn't it? But are oh. they rela- they related? Am I not missing? Well, it, it came out in the last one that Jon Snow is Daenerys's brother's son so she is his auntie ah. you know the bit where where um bran is it bran yes because he can't walk can he and he, he has visions and he sees his, his young ned stark go up into the tower and ned stark's sister is lying in bed and she's just given birth and she hands him the baby yeah. Uh, but then these have skewed off the books because the books ended when the dragon picked Daenerys up into the air and then the TV carried on because they planted her back in, I can't remember the name of the place. I'm too excited. <laughs> Where Peter Dinklage is. Yes, yeah. It, yeah I mean, uh, you kind of, you hope for a happy ending as such, but you can imagine that... that happen. 
it's not going to happen. People are going to get fucked over and killed in horrible ways. Um, but I still think that that Battle of the Bastards episode is one of the best things I've ever seen on TV. It's epic. I showed that to Dave. I I tried to sort of say to Dave, look at this battle. And he wasn't interested, were you, Dave? I made him watch it. Wasn't asked. No. Oh, Dave. I got so far into... I don't know how far I got into... I'm terrible with... People know... the first series. People know I'm terrible with television. I just give up no matter how good it is. I just give up. I haven't. I'd rather. I've always been the type of person that would just give me ninety minutes to two hours. I'll watch a movie. The story's done. I. I'm just don't can't get into TV series. But that's not true. That isn't true anymore because you do watch TV Comedy. series. You watch Five Came Back. You watched Five Came Back. That was three epi- It was that three was hours. Three it was like a long point. movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you I've... just. You just get it in your head that you're not going to like something or it's too long and you're not... No, and you won't I always watch them. It's not like oh, I don't friends. give... Oh, listen. It does. Everything that I won't say I don't like, I have watched and given a chance. Twin Peaks I've watched. Even Zombies, for God's sake. Like, Walking Dead, I watched that for two series. I just got fed up. And it's just like, oh, I'm fed up with it now. I want to... There's too many... There's always too many films out there that I want to watch for me to invest in all these TV series. So I'd rather mm. spend my time doing that, and that's me. You know, and I know probably Antina keeps going, oh, you're missing this series, and it's really good. Well, it probably is really good, but I don't want to watch it. And even though it might be a shit film, I want to watch that shit film. So why waste your time watching stuff that you don't want to watch, is my view on it. Anyway, we're ignoring you, Dave. Anyway, I don't know about Game of anyway, I want, let's tie this bit up because I've got one last TV thing. I want to go really quick, not because it's great, but because I don't know, Chris, if you've watched it or anybody that's listening to us have watched it. We finished watching the film last night and the TV come on and it was there on the screen. And like you, Chris, we've got a big telly. And when your screen is filled by cock and balls, it gets your attention. <laughs> Oh my god! And we were going, "What the fuck is this?" So it apparently it started last week. It's on Channel Four. It's called Naked Attraction, and it's one of these like blind date shows where you've got I think it's five or six girls um, naked, and one guy dressed to begin with has to pick them, and then the second half is the other way. So you get like five or six naked guys, and one girl has to pick them, and then when it gets down to the final two, the person that's doing the picking they have to get naked. But mate, have you ever seen it first before I go any further? I've, I've heard of this. Oh, oh you need to watch God. it, Chris. You've, you with have Kay. to. You have to watch Kay it. Kay will love it <laughs> because the contestants. She, I'm, not, I'm not joking. She will. Right, so it started off with like these five or six guys, uh, stark bollock naked, behind these um, coloured perspex screens that lift up. So it starts with right, and it talks to the, the like the, the female and goes, okay, we've got these five guys. You know nothing about them. You don't know the, the name. They can't talk. This, these these perspex coloured perspex screens lift up to belly height. So all you can see is their cock and balls, right? And the camera, <laughs> the camera zooms right into them. And she, and the woman who's hosting it goes, well, what do you think about that penis? And they go, oh, yeah, well, it's nice and shaved. Yeah, it's good shape and it's good size and all of this. And it's like, fucking what? And then it lifts so you can't see the head and you see the body and it goes on talking about the body. Then it lifts again and you can see the head. Um, but the, the like... <laughs> Which the, the, head? The, the, <laughs> you, you see the first head straight from the top, mate, and in close-up, believe me. But then, right, so the, the contestants can't talk, right, these ones that are naked. 
it comes on. So you've got these guys that are naked, and there's so many close-ups of the cocks, right? And then they go, no, oh, now you can see the face. Oh, what do you think? This, this literally happened last night. What do you think about the, the, this guy's jawline? And it cuts to, like, these computer graphics that they've made of different male jawlines. So many percent of females like this type of jawline and that type of jawline. And I said to Tina, how many women watching this are talking about the men's jawlines when it constantly no. keeps cutting to cock and balls all the time? Nobody's... So they're trying to make it a little bit more sort of highbrow. Um, and then, obviously, there's, there's this one black guy there who, of course, had the biggest cock. <laughs> and and there's this, this woman... And there's a poor guy in a wheelchair as well. So we sat down. So like it does when you sat down, you sort of turtle a little bit and it's going into itself. And he's not looking <laughs> as, as best as he could. <laughs> so she's going and she sort of keeps him I think as sort of a sympathy vote and I think he ends up in the last two but he's against the black guy right? so now they're into the last two and they have to come out of these perspex boxes and the girl that's picking them she has to get naked so she comes out naked in front of them and they're sort of ogling her and then and she has to pick her which one's which and this poor guy that's in the wheelchair he's eye height with this black guy's fucking dong right next to him <laughs> and, and he just he does make he does make some sort of uh, of uh comment about his lips? yeah it's just like, he could let this guy this black guy could have knocked him out with one swing but if he turned around he too quick have... he would have knocked him out um surprise surprise the woman picks the black guy with the big dick which is like no so that finishes and then we think oh is this is this this it is it a half hour program no cuts to adverts it comes back with the like five or six women lefts up Straight in, close up on the fannies, all shaved, and it's like yeah. it gets, yeah, it gets so, yeah. it gets so close. You could almost see the bladder, mate. It like goes almost right up and in there. It's like, what are we watching? But it wasn't sexy. No, it was like fucking hell. It was oh my like God. it was like going back to an unrestricted nineteen seventies because the the male guy <laughs> that was picking them, he was only he was twenty two. Oh, and he was a right pervy bastard, and he was he was you said didn't you, Tina? He was constantly licking his lips, yeah. and he was going. He was he was going. You'd hear him. He'd go, oh oh yeah, oh oh yeah. As he was looking at them, he's like, yeah. oh my yeah, it was God, it is. It's so bizarre, but... It's so watchable. It's hypnotic, mate. You've got to watch an episode of it, really. So what happened? Do they go out with them? They or? go on a date. Yeah, yeah, it ends up... They, they, obviously, they get dressed, they go on a date, and then it cuts back to, like, between two weeks and a month later, and it said, oh, what happened? Uh, and in the first case where the woman picked the black guy, the black guy never got in touch with her again afterwards. He didn't even come back on the show to talk about the date. Mm. Uh, and then the the um, guy that picked the the woman, um, they were getting on really well and were dating and were going to see each other, you know, pretty regular. So that's. But it's oh, all... and it ended with them like eating each other's faces. Oh, it was horrible. Oh yeah, shit. One of the best bits thing. is because when they're both naked, when it gets to the final two, and whoever has to pick one, they pick one, and then they. They give each other a hug, but they're sort of trying to hug each other in a way that the sort of genitals are not touching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God! Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I wouldn't recommend Ooh. it. It's one of those. It's like it's like going to a freak show in a way. You you shouldn't really watch and pay to, for it, but you go on. I will do. It is one yeah. of them. Yeah, nice. Have a look, mate. Have a look. <laughs> um, is is that it? Is have we done with with this section? 
Yeah, I think so. I've got nothing else. I think I'm done. That's yeah. It. Two things really quick, and I've, it's not often we mention this. I've got two podcasts that I want to mention. Uh, just the other day, episode one of Arrow Videos' uh, new podcast came out. I've only heard, I think it's 50 odd minutes long. It's gonna, it's a bi-weekly podcast. I've heard about 20 minutes of it. It's really good so far. Um, it's, oh, Sam and Dan host it. They are going to take each episode and talk about an Arrow video um, DVD and Blu-ray that's been released. In this one, they talk about The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Uh, they also talk about some other movies that they've watched and stuff related to it and tell you about some upcoming Arrow releases. So for that alone, it's well worth listening to. Uh, also, I've subscribed to a podcast called The Moth and we got into this because when we were away, we listened to a radio station, uh, and there, there were some great stories that we're hearing. It's just, mm, it's were. just like it's people, yeah. you know, people off the street, and and there was one who was this marine biologist was telling a story, mm. and and so on. And, but but you know, just Joe Bloggs who, who sweeps the streets have got, but every like we know everybody's got great stories. So they hold these sort of symposiums these moth storytelling symposiums where people can get the mic and tell stories. Um, and the episodes are released. I think these are like about bi-weekly, but the episodes range from 20 minutes to almost an hour. And it usually fits two to three stories per episode. And the one, I think I've listened to about five or six episodes up to now. I think there's 20, if you, if you subscribe to it, there's 20 episodes online. They're all really good. And you, you can, you can, sort of connect with them and empathize with the people because it's joe blogs and they're talking about stories that you you know you you know about um so if you're into that i recommend the moth as well so there two two podca nice two podcast re good. recommendations for a change uh so I, th I think what we'll do now then is we'll take a break we'll have a musical interlude we'll go and have a wee and get a drink and then those of you that want to stick with us and hear some holiday escapades uh, which hopefully will be interesting, informative and funny. And we will not bore you with... It's not like going to your friend's house and they've got like thousands of slides and sit you in front of them for three hours. We'll just keep... We'll keep it, it is, though. No, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we're not going to go through every single day and everything we did in every single day. We'll just pick out some uh, highlights and lowlights for you <laughs> to have a chat about. Yeah. Can't so, wait. And with that, uh, have a listen to this. Right, thank you to everybody that's still listening and uh, wants to hear some holiday stuff. 
Uh, like I said, hopefully it will be interesting and entertaining and maybe raise a few smiles. So what we did, uh, myself and Tina got back a few days ago. We had a couple of weeks in America. We went to Orlando. We had five nights there. We drove to Miami. We had one night there. We drove all the way through the Keys, right down to Key West, had four nights there. And then we drove up the West Coast to Clearwater and had four nights there and then drove back to Orlando and flew home. So they're the four places we went to, Orlando, Miami, Key West, and Clearwater. Uh, now, I know, Chris, you've been to Orlando, haven't you? Yes, I went there for my honeymoon. It's It was my dream destination. Um, I, I've always been fascinated with America, I think mainly from the standpoint of when I was a kid and, you know, all the TV and films I, I watched was sort of, you know, I suppose set in America, really. And, and so as a result of that, I've always wanted to go. And when we were talking about honeymoon destinations, I mean, like we've been married for 10 years now. So uh, Florida was the place I always wanted to go. Kay had been, but she was a kid when she went. So, you know, I wanted to go do all the theme parks, all the attractions. And we did. We spent 18 nights in uh, Orlando and we did all the theme parks. We went to Gatorland, which is a, a little bit out. And we didn't hire a car, I must admit. Not adventurous like you guys. We just kind of, you know, stayed on public transport because they have the I, is it the I ride or, you know, sort of like the. It's, the, it's the really little... good, isn't it, for yeah, public transport? Every... Yeah. Oh, it just works, doesn't it? You know, everything's sort of like really regular. Everybody, all the people are really friendly and, you know, chatty. And there's loads of free transport to all the parks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, went to Bush Gardens, which was great. Um, that's like an hour and a half, two hours on a coach to get there. Um, fantastic roller coasters. Uh, and then there's like, you know, downtown Disney and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, the theme parks themselves, I think Universal Studios was probably my favourite. Again, for all the fact that it's all the movie stuff, you know, because not only had you got all the rides, but you got like the shows that you could watch. Mm -hmm. There's a really brilliant show about... Um, uh, you know movie effects and special effects and all that kind of, and, and horror um and uh, i think they add some of the best rides you know like the spider-man ride and uh the hulk um you know there was it was just it was great you know and you sort of like that you could walk around all the sets you know the old sets and um like all this the the streets was look like movie sets you know uh and and just the place you know sort of linking with the the two sort of like theme parks together like so universal and and all that it, it was just great you know it's just so many good memories you know we had such a good time and then we flew to las vegas for oh, uh, three nights so um and it just gives you that sort of like the you know it, it kind of the impact of how massive america is you know because we had to catch a flight to i think it was north it was carolina liner and then uh to vegas and flying over vegas i mean it's such an amazing place to sort of look at and go to the grand canyon all that sort of stuff but oh yeah i'd love to go back there particularly with the kids but at the, the same time it'd be a fucking nightmare because we'd have to take them <laughs> in sort of like school time and it'd be like really big. we went in january so the weather there was like really nice it was mild you know it was it wasn't too hot and it wasn't too cold we got caught in a because the weather there is crazy isn't it It just kind oh, of yeah. like goes you know click of a finger and it's like you're in a tropical fucking storm you know and, and you're soaked <laughs> to the, the the bones and uh you know but it, so it was great and it was really quiet that was the sort of like you know the the best thing about it is because um you know we didn't have to queue for hours and hours to, to do anything 
Um, I think the longest we queued for anything at all was maybe 40 minutes. Um, so, and it was great, you know, the, the old Jaws attraction, and I don't know if that's still there anymore. But they were just building a Simpsons thing at Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Potter wasn't a thing at the time, but I'd imagine it's changed quite a lot. But it's just the food and everything. I mean, you went to America for your, your Samurai Cop premiere. Yeah. The food, I mean, like I said, we've been watching Bosch, and the, there's so many places to eat. I mean, we kind of, like, there's, you know, plays Ponderosa and all you can eat buffet breakfasts and dinners and everything and go into IHOP and uh, oh god what's the other place Denny's Denny's yeah uh, uh, you know and just the, the the amount of food you get for the money that you pay um, it's crazy oh, isn't it I remember the, the first breakfast that we had I mean, and you do, you know, on holiday and you think, oh, you know, you have like a cooked breakfast and we got like, you know, the sausage and bacon and eggs, uh, hash browns, toast, and they put it all in front of you and you think, Jesus Christ, that's a big plate. And then they come back and then they pot in front of us, in front of each of us, this big plate like stacked with pancakes and fruit and syrups and ice cream. And we're going, oh, we didn't order that. And it, oh no, it comes with it. And you go, what the hell? That's yeah. like more yeah, than I would, yeah. more calories than I would eat in in an entire day and mm. you're just giving it me for breakfast for like about seven dollars <laughs> yeah jeez yeah it's pretty I crazy that, it's like it, i mean there's a lot of stuff going on in america you know what i mean and i suppose as an adult you look at it slightly differently to when you did as, as you're when you're a kid but I've always been fascinated with America and that's why like when, I, when Jerry sends me a message or something like that and it's got I've got an American talking to me you know I've got an American <laughs> American boy and it, that's what you think when, that's what you think when Jerry talks to you is it I've got an America <laughs> see I think what the fuck does this dickhead want now <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's just like I love hearing stuff about America I love hearing you know, yeah, but uh, you've got to remember it's Jerry that's saying it. None of it's true. <laughs> it just <laughs> makes it all up. If anybody, <laughs> if anybody listening doesn't know who Jerry is, uh, please subscribe to the Bad Cop, Bad Cop podcast. Uh, and Jerry and Dave on there. Uh, don't subscribe if you're sort of politically correct, because they are decidedly unpolitically correct, which is how we like it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I was, I much to Tina's chagrin, I was swapping voice messages every day with Jerry while I was over there because we'd discover stuff and find stuff. And because we're then like on the same time zone as him, he was like, he was like my cultural attache. <laughs> I was going, well, what, what about this? Oh, why does this happen? And what happens when you order that? And oh, I've just found out that this doesn't work over here. What's the, what's the deal with this? And things like we were driving, because obviously, you know, we, we did like, over, I think it was over 2,000 miles of driving in the two weeks. And it was like, well, what's the difference between state troopers and the police and all this kind of stuff? Yeah. Questions that would pop up. So it was, mm. it was fun, like swapping messages. What is with, the difference? Just I didn't know. I didn't know that the sh- right the sheriff from the state troopers and that they have more power than the police. Wow, really? Which I didn't know. No, there was all sorts of things that was like, well, I never knew that. I never knew that. So yeah, that was, that was really interesting doing. They can doing... shoot you in the head and nothing happens to them. But if you're a policeman, <laughs> you get indicted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do. So. Like I said, I'm not going to go through every place that we went to and everything that we did. Um, I do want to start on the flight there because the flight there, there was about 45 minutes to an hour period that was pretty bumpy. Now, you get turbulence in most 
flights that you do, although we didn't have any on the flight coming back. But it was one of those, every, the three times the turbulence was those where the captain comes on, so we're, oh, we're going to go through turbulence, make sure you've got your seatbelts on. Then they also said, well, you can't use the toilets. Then all the, um, you can't call them stewardesses now, can you? All the, the what are they called? <laughs> cabin crew. Cabin crew. All of the cabin crew had to get in their seats and buckle up, right? Three times this happened. And it was bumping, it was dropping, and it, there was a few bangs oh. that was going on, right? I'd e- hate that. Every time, without fail, there was a person that was either directly in front of us <laughs> or directly behind us. They must have been scared of flying, because every bout of turbulence, Jesus Christ, they got the farts. It was <laughs> evil! You'd swear once that they'd shit themselves. <laughs> <laughs> And it, it got to like by the time it got to the third bout of turbulence, it got to the first bump, and the, the oh, warning oh, came oh. up, and and we were we were like, get ready, oh, right? No. When are they going to shit themselves? And it was like, ten seconds later, there you go. Oh, it was foul. Foul <laughs> was oh my god, it was awful. Oh yeah. I think it was the young girl who was sitting in front of us. You think so? She was about sixteen. Yeah. 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 She was very. Well, it's not scared of flying, is it? It's, it's, you're scared of crashing, that's the thing. You're not scared of flying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the crashing <laughs> bit that you're scared of. Yes. And you're in such a close, closed space, aren't you? You can't, like, waft it away. Oh, no. It's just lingers. And you couldn't get up and move happens. out of the way because you were buckled into your bloody seat. Yeah. So God it was like, knows oh. I don't know, we were the tasting it. It was like, oh, God. <laughs> So yeah, we were on a flight once, and um, this bloke in front of us just coughed for the whole time, oh. and you wanted to fucking strangle him. It was, you know, it was that irritating. I can only imagine what a fart was like. Fucking oh, hell, yeah. it was, it was, awful. it was evil. Um, keeping on a similar subject, so this was the Saturday that we flew there. We landed. We eventually got to the hotel. It was about, oh, was it about ten o'clock on the Saturday night? Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, you know, you don't do anything then. You just want to collapse. So, Sunday, uh, we went to Universal that you talked about, Chris, which is amazing. There's so many great stuff there. So, we drive there. We've got the car. We drive and we park up. Now, I'd got up Sunday morning. My body already was in sync. And it was like, right, I need my morning poo. And it was was just like, it was a couple, it was like a couple of Maltesers. And that was it. I thought, well, that's a bit sort of disappointing. (laughs) So we get, we drove, and it wasn't a long drive to the studios, and we parked up. Now, as we're driving, I can feel my belly sort of going, blub, 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 blub. Oh, oh, God. And we parked up, and we're walking. It's quite a walk from where you park to all the gates and everything. And I'm telling Tina, I said, right, the first thing we've got to do, I need a toilet, right? I need, I've got to have a shit, because I'm, I'm going to... And it got to the stage where I thought, right, if we don't find toilets within the next, like, minute... I am literally going to shit myself. It was that bad. I thought, what a start to the day, you know, of all places when you were at Universal and all the rides and everything. So luckily we found the toilets and I went into them, dropped my pants. (laughs) And it was like, picture, you know, like a a garden sprinkler. Imagine that upside down shoved in my arse and that's what it was like coming out. Oh, God. Because it was water and not a, not a drop of it touched, touched the water in the pan. It was all around the sides. <laughs> <laughs> it just came out in a... And it just splattered the sides. Did right? it make that noise? In a public toilet? Oh, it, I was... Oh, 
it came out with such <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying this. It came out with such force that it hit the sides of the pan, and I was getting like splashback on my bum from it. <laughs> oh! <laughs> so I'm sat there, and I'm going, "Oh, why today? Please just let this be a, just a one-off bout of this." So I'm sat and I'm expecting, you know, how the cold shivers come and all this kind of stuff. And then these two lads come in. I can only hear them. And they sound sort of like late teens, early 20s, proper American. And one goes like to have a pee. And the other one goes, hey, dude, dude, I'm going to have a speed shit. Right? <laughs> speed shit. So this must be something that they do. So this, this lad gets, gets into the stall next to me and he shuts the door. And I'm sat there going, I, I'm just still recovering from my expulsion. And he sits next to me, and I hear the door shut, and his pants come down. He sits down. There's one loud, dry fart, and then there's a... <laughs> then there's a spladoosh, right? And then, he, like, you hear him, he wipes, he gets up, he goes out, and it's all within a minute. And his mate, I've never heard anybody so impressed. He was like, dude, that's the, that's the fastest speed shit you've ever done. They must be like, they must have some record of doing a speed shit. I thought, well, that's a pretty impressive thing to do. So it reminded me, and I thought, you know what? The same coin guys can incorporate this into their podcast. <laughs> so what what you, Dits, Adam, uh, and Ben need to do is, I thought, you can do a fast fart, right? <laughs> so it starts whenever, whenever Dits goes, three, two, one... And then you start recording. You time it for whoever does each of you, the fastest fart in each show. And you can have like a Top Gear sort of um, fastest fart table uh, where even if you get guest hosts, they could join in. You could even mark it like they do on uh, on Top Gear with wet and very wet. You can do all of that. <laughs> you can do all of that. And then see who's, who's the fastest farter. So I thought, yeah, you could incorporate that. Uh, um Funnily enough, um, <laughs> no, you Funnily mean. enough, <laughs> um, we've said it before. We've got a, like a WhatsApp group with the four of us, and we're regularly sending each other. We record our farts and send them to each other, because um, why not? Um, but Ben, bless him, has taken it upon himself to record his shits <laughs> and send them to us. I don't know why. Records himself shitting. Do you want to listen to one? Go on. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's see if I can... Hang on. Let's be quiet. Now, are, the, are these speed shits or are these sort of lengthy affairs? Come on, work, work, you fucker. <laughs> Hang on a second. Where is it? Apparently, he said last time because he was uh, he, he tries to like put the phone. It's actually like in the toilet, so to speak. So you can imagine the the, the scene. So he's sitting on the toilet and oh. he's holding his cock out the way, um, so he doesn't you know get it. You know, he can get the phone <laughs> right in. But he said he, um, he he let out a little bit of piss and he ended up pissing on his phone. <laughs> the other- <laughs> Oh, that's awful. Oh, dear. Yeah, the things you do. I mean, I, I was... No, say- no, no, Chris. <laughs> what? You would never find a woman doing that. 
<laughs> really? Hang on. Really? <laughs> I don't know if you can hear these very well, but yeah, it's a it's a, an everyday occurrence. We do send each other our farts and our shits, but I will um, see that that's something that the other guys are up for. I mean, yeah. we're always up for a good fart. There you go. You know, yeah, have a, you could even put it on the website. You could have your fast fart table. Guest hosts can join in, and yeah. I think, I've never uh, heard of a speed shit though. That's no, I've amazing. never heard of that, and he w- he was damn good at it. He really was. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, right? I took one one pair. I bought a load of new underwear to take with me and socks and all of this. I I had one pair of tighty whities with me, and that that's what I was wearing that day. <laughs> and we got back that night to the hotel, and I took them off, and there may well have been a bit of a stain on them. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Did you get a stain? That was yeah. a poo stain, yeah. Well, they're clean now, but what colour was the stain, David? Because <laughs> I can remember what colour the stain you? You're was. The artist. Well, You're the I'd artist, Tina. It. What what colour exactly was it? It was orange. <laughs> oh, God. I was going to say... an orange shit in his pants. I'd hope it was fucking brown, but... No. Oh. Mm. And he just left his pants there... You know, just left them there, and I picked them up by the dirty bit. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Didn't he warn yeah. you? No. Oh, it's Dave. not the first time he's done it. Oh, you filthy boy. <laughs> it is disgusting, isn't it? Oh. I tell you, the worst thing he's ever done was one night he got really, really pissed after recording a, a podcast and got into but didn't tell me. I, I just thought he was still doing the podcast and he was so drunk. He got in, he stood up by the side of the bed, pulled his jeans and, and pants down at the same time, left his T-shirt on and got in bed, felt a bit sick, literally leaned out of bed, puked up in his pants and his jeans and went back to sleep. <laughs> what so I went, I went to bed like an hour later, like what? Dave, are you in bed? And I thought, oh, I thought, oh, are you ill? And then the smell hit me. And he puked all down the side of the bed, in his pants, in his jeans, and all over the floor. And nice. I was asleep. Hmm. Yeah. 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 I bet you were well pleased with that, weren't you? That's how I do it. <laughs> well, disgusting. Yeah. So, <clears throat> we were at Universal. Uh, your first time. You left your mark. I left, left my mark. Yes, left that toilet did need bleaching when I'd finished with it. Uh, so you'd never been there, Tina, had you? Because this no. was the first of two days that we had there. Never been to Florida. Uh, we did like you when you went, Chris. Like you said, there wasn't the Harry Potter bit, which is split over the two Universal parks. Although now there's a third Universal park, which is Volcano World. Yeah, um, that wasn't there because um, it's uh, Islands of Adventure. I think that yeah. was the one. That's the one that I liked the most. Well, you get you get on. Um, oh, what's it called? The what's it? The something Express. What's the name of the train? Hogwarts Express. Hog, yeah. So you get on that between the two Harry Potter worlds, and that in itself is amazing because the windows that mm. you look out of are it's a video screen. But it looks like, you know, a proper train window. And the door shut. It's like an old school British, like, sort of Orient Express type train. So you're sat in the cabins and the door shut. And even the the screens on the doors, they're like video screens. So all stuff's happening. What you think is in that little aisle outside, 
So you see wow. all shadows and people leaning up in it and all this going it's on. It's stuff out of the films, like oh, the spikes come and the frogs. If you're familiar with the films, you'll go, oh, my God, it's Hermione. She's yeah. looking for frogs. You know, that <laughs> sort of thing. It was amazing. Yeah. I just squeaked the whole way through totally. it. And you mentioned the horror makeup show. We went to that and uh, that was amazing, too, where you talk about yeah, the... Very funny. Really funny. And it, but apparently it's different presenters every time that you go. They, you know, they'll have a, so many sessions of each presenter. And when we went, it was these um, two females that were doing it. And there was a baby in the audience that was making oh, loads yeah. of noise. And so they got the baby up on the stage with them. And they made a whole bit out of that. It was really, it was really, really good. Very, very good. Um, rides, we went on. We did the Blues Brothers. We watched that. We did T2. Uh, Shrek 4D, the Harry Potter, like I said, the horror makeup. Uh, so they're the main things that we did. On did you go on the Spider Man ride at all? Or no, the mummy? no, it's not there. No, the mummy Isn't is. It? And the Spider Man is. There? Yes, it is. It's on the second. The park. mummy is. Yeah, Spider Man's on the way. The yeah, it's on the way to the King Kong. It's on the oh, left. I never noticed yeah, it. Yeah, we went yeah, past it because I think it's by. You, I think if you can picture it. Uh, because there used to be a twister kind of you know the movie twister there used to be that's one of those gone, like unfortunately a... yeah i went on that the last yeah. time i was there but that's gone um back to the future's gone since the last time i was there um the like you said the simpsons one has now been completed but we didn't go on that yeah but that's that's done now but yeah spider-man's still there that was a, that was awesome because that's it kind of it's not a roller coaster it's like a ride but the way that they use the like you said the effects like you're saying about the train and stuff like that it's it makes you feel like you're falling even though you're not you know it's exactly, really good yeah well we went on really similar this on the second day that we went there was the transformers ride which did that so you got into a transformer and it came over your head and you wore 3d glasses and it made yeah. you feel i mean tina do you want to talk about the transformers ride um. It was yeah, it was brilliant. It was because you were watching a screen in front of you, and you were on the the ride itself moved up down fast side to side. I I think at one point it may have gone nearly upside down, but you couldn't have. I don't know what the hell it was doing, but it felt like you were going like a trillion miles an hour, and at one point you get thrown off a building by Megatron, mm. and. Oh, Optimus Prime catches you, and I have never screamed so much in my life. It was the best ride I've ever been on. It <laughs> really? was amazing. Yeah. From start to finish, it was, it you, was you were squealing. thrilling. Yeah, it was brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. 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 So anybody going to Universal, I would say, and I think the trick is, if you go in there as well, one tip for anybody is either get the express ticket so you can jump the queues, or just get there early, just get there really early, because both days we yeah. got there. I think the park itself doesn't open till 9 or 9.30. I think we got there for 8. It opens at 9 o'clock, and we had to queue up till 9 o'clock. If you have an express ticket, I think you get in at half 8. If you're yeah. staying on site, you're allowed to go into the park and go on the rides from 8 o'clock. Yeah. Mm. But one thing we didn't take into account about is, because I've got mobility problems... I've got a blue badge, and in Britain, a blue badge is a disabled badge, which, which means we get privileged parking close to things, so I don't have to walk very far. And to get a similar badge 
in America, you have to go to the local sheriff's office with proof that you need their equivalent of a blue badge um, and pay, I think it was $15, but it takes half a day. And we, you know, you're wasting your holiday doing that. You can't mm. use your European or British disabled badge over there. So basically, you have to suck it. So um, we asked if we could park as close as possible. And the only way we could do that was to have priority parking, which cost $30 a day. Oof. And it is, you know, so that's like 27 quid, isn't it? Uh, but we had to do it because I couldn't, the parking ground in relation to where the park is, it's got to be a mile and a half walk. Oh, it's a long way. huge. Yeah. 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 And I couldn't do it. And there's no, we thought there'd be some sort of shuttle from the parking ground to the park. There isn't. But apparently there isn't in Disneyland but we didn't go to Disneyland um, little things that you've got to think about like when you're actually in the park and you're hungry and you want something to eat and something to drink the prices are very inflated but you expect that mm. um, also we went very early on the last day we were there so we actually sort of got there quarter to eight got in at eight o'clock parked the car and then we were actually waiting for them to open the park and there were thousands of people because people have said oh you'll be fine going in june it's uh june july it's not the season there were thousands and thousands of people there but we literally were very lucky we went straight onto the transformers right and straight into the terminator 2 ride mm. um but straight as the into day progressed, as well. yeah yeah, straight. Well, yeah, straight into as as the day progressed. When you go, when you're outside and you see the queue, that is nothing compared to what how long the queue is inside the building. Mm. Um, and we, I really wanted to go on the King Kong ride, but there was no way I could stand up for two hours forty minutes. Wow. So we didn't, and that, and we went back. They said come back in the afternoon, and we did. And it was it was like two and a half hours. So we unfortunately, that's the the one thing about stuff like that is if you are disabled, um, mobility wise, well, I would imagine it would be the same. Like if you had some sort of sensory deprivation as well, you basically fucked. Yeah, it's uh, loads be, of walking and yeah, yeah, loads of walking. You've got to be able bodied to do it as well. So that was it. It didn't spoil it for me, but because you know queues are a part of going to a theme park um but dave really does need to talk about his et experience yeah oh so, did you do that yeah oh. so obviously over the two days um we went on loads of different rides transformers again definitely the best uh jurassic park one was really good um i mean the end of it because i don't think you knew tina did you what happened at the end of it where you see the no. the big t-rex that's in the movies like leering at you and you go oh my god oh my god and then you like it's like a log flume and then you just drop down this log flume bit and into the water which is like pretty amazing uh we did men in black we did like all, all sorts of stuff but and this is isn't this the last ride that we went on on day two yeah Right, so yeah. we say, no, we, oh, there's no queue. Let's go on E.T. Now, obviously, oh. I've still never seen the film and never will. Uh, we went on it. Now, no matter where you are, if you're in the UK or worldwide, I'm sure you have, like, you know, like, little fairs that come into the field 
out just outside the town and, and make pitch the tent and do all this kind of stuff. <laughs> like you know, once a year maybe during the summer holidays to entice the kids. Where all the local girls lose their virginity. Yeah, and it's like a fiver yeah. for a candy floss, and all they have is like one sort of roundabout thing and a really shitty ghost train, and and that's it. Anything, I guarantee you, one hundred percent. No matter what shitty ride you've been on in your local fair that comes around, it is infinitely better than the ET ride at Universal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you go on it, Chris? I'm laughing thinking about it. I, I, this is where you sit on the bike, isn't it? Yeah. 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 We did. We went oh, on that. Oh my god. <laughs> we were shit. pissing yeah. ourselves, laughing, going, "Is this it? Is this?" Because the big thing is like you sat on this sort of. Instead of being in like a carriage thing, you're suspended from above you. It's like a bicycle seat, and you've got bicycle handles that you hold onto. Your legs are hanging down, and it's like you're flying through the air on a on a bicycle. And like you said, Tina, it starts off all right because you go over. Oh, look, there's this like city below us, and there's the moon, and this, that, and the other. And then you keep going through it, and it's all these really badly made animatronics that are just <laughs> oh fluorescent. And you're going through them and we're going, is this it? Is this really? Because you start off and everybody's in there and you stood up in this room like like you do like in the Shrek 4D one, which is really good, but it's like a theatre show. Yeah. And you stop. And then Steven Spielberg's in there giving you this whole story of, well, ATs, this, that and the other's happened and you need to keep an eye open from people from his planet and you need to do this and, and this, that and the other. And after it finished, I said to Tina, I said, like, do you think Steven Spielberg's ever really done this ride and thought, oh, fucking hell, <laughs> this, this is this is bad. Why that is still open? Why they've closed like the Back to the Future ride and kept that open? I have got no idea whatsoever because it is awful. Was the Jaws um, thing still there? The shark was there because we had a picture taken next to the shark that was hanging up. But there's no riders. No, like, you, you you go on a boat and, no. and like the, the shark pops out. And that no, kind of... that's gone. Now. See, that, I don't. I mean, that's not. It's not great, but because it, it's Jaws, you kind of you go with it. But like you said. I can't understand why that ride is still there. It's shit, and it's like it's yeah. it's been there for fucking years, hasn't it? You know, yeah. it's um, it's like why they kind of keep that. I mean, who who likes ET anyway? It's fucking. Oh. Shit. I, I can't. I, I mean, I like. I, I do. I think do it's you? a brilliant film. I, I think it's a great. It. It's a really great kids film. I, I think I, I really do love ET. It's a. I think it's a classic of cinema. I, I will never watch E.T. again. I watched it once <laughs> when I was a kid. I went to the cinema and it traumatised me and I will never watch it again because it, and my wife takes the piss out of me. She says, oh, I'm going to we'll watch E.T. with Lucy. I was like, I'm not watching that film. So it just traumatised me because it made me cry lots. That's all oh, I can remember. Yeah. So I won't watch it. No. Well, we did. So we did two days in Universal. Two other things I would highly recommend to anybody that if they're thinking of going to Orlando is one... Um, Obviously, you know, you've got the Florida swamps and you've got the airboats there. We went on the Kissimmee Swamp Tour and all the links for the stuff we talk about will be on the the website for this episode as well. The Kissimmee Swamp Tour was amazing. We were out for we were out for almost like ninety minutes, weren't we? Mm, yeah. Uh, and it's something we've always wanted to do: is go on one of those airboats and spotting alligators. 
But even before it started, it's in the most beautiful place and you're looking out all over this amazing landscape and they've got this good... Oh, it is lovely. ...huge piece of decking that goes out into it. So we've got a little while to wait until the, until the tour um, started. But there was a guy on the decking, so we started talking to him, like we just talked to most people while we were there. And he was there taking photographs. Uh, the wildlife, we, me and Tina were looking one way, and then this guy says, oh, you, you might want to see this. And we turned around, and there's a bald eagle flying past us. Wow. And I went, oh, my God, this is just yeah. like, we never no, thought in our lives that we would yeah. see something like this. And in the time that we were, like, in Florida, we saw, like, bald eagles, we saw pelicans, we saw, was it turkey vultures, normal vultures, mm. uh, okay. herons, egrets. The wildlife is just Alligators. Like, yeah, the alligators on this would look like there was a, a family... And we saw three that were three months old and they were right next to the boat next to us. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> it was, it was a, it's so, I would highly recommend Kissimmee Swamp Tours. It's also really good fun going in one of those boats oh, it's as well. Amazing. You know, yeah. the glide over the swamps. It's really fun. Yeah. Mm. yeah. The, um, the picture you sent me of the, uh, the, pi the pilot, is it? Or, do you, you know, what do you, what do you call them? Uh, uh, the, the person who drove it. Do or... you call them a pilot? It Did was, you call them pilots? I don't it's, know. Here you go, because she's followed... Captain. Yeah, she's followed us. Captain. She's followed 60 Minutes with on Facebook, and I think she said she'd probably listen to this, because we're going to send a link, is Brooke Harris. She was oh, she was she, our captain. and She was she was lovely. She was great. She was really good. She kept stopping everywhere, didn't she? And uh, like, mm. if we pointed anything out, she'd got like, turn around, and then got, like, go to it. And, like, nothing was too much trouble for them. So I would I would highly recommend Kissimmee Swamp Tours, definitely, if you're going to go there. It's a little bit out of the way, but it's worth the drive. Worth the drive. What is also worth the drive, and it's probably one of the, maybe the most emotional thing that we did, is we went to the Kennedy Space Center. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, we did. Uh, we booked a tour, but we did the special tour, didn't we, Tina, that was longer yeah. on the coach that drove you around everywhere. You went to all the launch pads. We even saw the launch pad that the building for the Mars mission. We saw that we went right nice. past that and saw that. We saw the launch pad that they used for all the Apollo missions that we, you know, we watched growing up. Um, we had lunch with an astronaut. There's oh, a guy wow. called um, Don Thomas who'd done four missions on the shuttles. Um, we had a chat with him and a photograph with him, and his stories were just absolutely incredible. Um, and we did. We both said, didn't we, Tina, that when you met him, and it does, it sounds a little bit weird, but you, we both felt it. We, It's like, he's not human, but in the way mm. that because he's done something that so few people have done, that yeah, he's, yeah. he's been in space and locked down on Earth. And, well, do you want to say what you asked him, Tina, as well, when we got, we got to meet him later on as well? <clears throat> yeah, he was... Um, it's, well, typical me, isn't it, being all deep. Well, one thing that I've read a lot about, you know, sort of space travel and different astronauts and how it affected them uh, seeing the Earth from the moon or from space hmm. uh, because I always think you know sort of I was brought up and I went to a Catholic school and religion's always been a big part of my life even though I'm you know I'm agnostic um, how it would affect you how it would affect your sense of self 
if any belief she had would be, you know, magnified in any way. And I said, uh, can I ask you a personal question? And he said, yeah, sure. I said, no, I'm, this is a really personal question. And I won't be offended if you say no. And he, and he actually stopped what he was doing and put his pen down and looked at me and said, yeah, go on, ask me. I said, well, if you're a religious person being up in space, did it make your belief in God, Jesus, whatever, stronger? Or if you're um, an atheist, did it make you more resolute that there is nothing, that you're a scientist? And, you know, it's like, um, oh, Brian Cox, Dr. Brian Cox is is quite uh, offhand, I think, the way he sort of mocks people who are religious because he's a scientist and says, you know, that, that you know, it's obvious that there is no God. And I think that's a bit of a shitty attitude, even though I don't believe in God. And he looked at me and he said, um, well, I come from a, um, you know, parents that divorced early, was brought up by my mum and I am a scientist. And hmm, he said, yeah, he said, but I will tell you one thing, uh, you know, basically he was saying I don't I'm not religious and I don't believe in God. He said, I will tell you one thing, though, I know two astronauts that after they've to space have come back and formed their own church and are pastors of their own church mm. and I went right so it sort of underlined it and he said well the way I look at it is having seen what I've seen and seen the earth from space somebody amazing had to make that mm. and it was quite the way he sort of uh, looked into my eyes and you know he, I don't think he'd ever thought about it it before but he in that instant i think he thought that some sort of higher power must be responsible for creating the universe we live in and i just found it really profound really it meant a lot to me yeah it didn't make me sort of you know because you've i'm very open-minded about stuff um i'd never say yes or no definitely and that's exactly what he was saying mm. and, and you find the scientists just say no there's no god science there's no god um but he didn't say that he sort of went you never know yeah yeah mm. so yeah and he was such a lovely man he was and he oh. looked just like steve carell he did look like steve carell he did, he did. <laughs> he did. and we give him um i give him one of the podcast cards and it would be like and i know he's obviously he's a really busy guy but if we could ever get like an interview show with him just from the stories that we heard from him, it would be absolutely fascinating. It really would. It'd be it'd be so good. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed that maybe one day we can get that to happen. Yeah, I, 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 that was one of my favourite places. I must admit because there aren't that many. Well, there's I think there's barely any rides there. Is there? There's there's oh, no. like this. There's a simulation of a, a sort of a, a, a rocket ship taking off that you can go yeah. on. Have there's got the three. Di- have they got Atlantis when you were there? When the screen drops and the and the space shuttle atlantis is there uh no i don't think they had oh my god uh, really that, i mean they've you got like the the, the, the imax cinemas um uh, that you could go and see but we did uh, a tour where you, you could you could see how the shuttles get from a to b and mm. they go like five miles an hour or six miles an hour and it takes oh god <laughs> it takes ages to get from these massive hangars which were absolutely huge to you know the the sort of launch pads and and, and that kind of thing but i found it that 
the bit that I thought was really moving was going through sort of what the, the memorial areas yeah, yeah. Um, and seeing all the names of the astronauts that had died, you know, and uh, but going through the hangars where they got shuttles and rockets like literally hanging above you and just seeing the length of them it was the scale think of it all yeah. that kind of blew, blew me away and it was out of all the places we went to and i said it was generally fairly quiet anyway but it was really really quiet there weren't that many people there because i so i don't was it busy when you guys went it or? wasn't it wasn't that bad because there was a bit there um at the other end you can get this coach bit and go to the other where this like huge rocket is and you could they've got a piece of the moon that you can touch as well yeah, and there's there like nobody there, and we were like, "Oh my god, we can touch the moon <laughs> doing that." So no, it wasn't it wasn't mm. particularly busy in that bit at all. No, but no, I did love it. It was a fascinating place, really fascinating. Yeah, I would. Yeah, if anybody's going that way, that's that's a definite that you've got to do. I just wanted to cry all the way around. Yeah, it's, it had so many uh, moments in it of of. Um, uh, that one part of it is they give a little presentation about the space shuttle and uh, we actually didn't know that this was going to happen and it's similar to when you go to uh, Levinson Studios to see Harry Potter that the curtains part and there's the banqueting hall well in NASA the curtains part and there's the space shuttle Atlantis and it was I've never been so awestruck and I even talking about it now, I get a lump in my throat because that's, well, it's not even my childhood. I was older than that. But you walk through the doors and there it is. Mm. And it looks so flimsy. Yeah. Each little bit of it, everything looks cobbled together. And you look at them and you go, that went to space. And then you look at a, a po the pod from Apollo 14 and you're like, that went to space and then land it and you can see all the burn marks on it and then when you go on the tour and you see the grid that the apollo whatever astronaut like put 13 backwards 10 11 12 you know walked through to get into the spaceship where they lie down before they shoot off it. and there it is and you can walk on it if you want and it probably, I think it's like explaining to Dave, um, to Wesley, my son, who's 25, um, just how excited I was. And I saw this and I did this and I could touch this. And he was like, yeah, it's really cool, mum. It's really cool. And I looked at him and I thought, you don't get it because there has been no space travel during, well, during his lifetime there has been, but not since he's been old enough to go, oh, my God, that's like another planet. Yeah. Like so, it yeah, but it was when we us. yeah, when we saw this when they're building the launch pad and everything for like the Mars missions that's coming up. So that's going to be in his in his lifetime and hopefully ours that mm. you know we're going to see people go to Mars so it's like that that next step, isn't it? And it's like yeah. This is going to be so yeah. good. <laughs> this is going to be so good. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's probably like I said the most emotional part of of everything that mm. we saw and well yeah. well worth going to if you're in that area. So mm. they're the main things mm. we did sort of in Orlando. Yeah. We drove down. We only had one night in Miami, so we couldn't do a lot there. What I will say about Good Miami, job. Really? Well, yeah. Now, we've all travelled the world quite a bit. And from my experience, I've been to America in all sorts of places. I've been all over Europe and this, that and the other. 
we were knackered when we got there. We thought, right, and we ate, we ate some of the best food ever at the best restaurants. And we also ate, we thought, oh, we'll just need a takeaway tonight because we're knackered, right? We went through the whole spectrum. So this was one night where it's like, oh, we just need like a oh, takeaway. So Tina stayed in the hotel room. I walked down and it was a Burger King. That's where we ate that night, right? It was two and a half, mm. blo- two and a half blocks away. And we thought, right, we just want to get it. It was good. You can buy beer at this Burger King as well. So that was all right. It was the first time ever that I've been in America, in all the places that I've been to in America, where I didn't feel safe. Was really? in Was in Miami. Mm. And I was like, I just, there was that. It was palpable. And we stayed at South Beach, Miami, which is sort of like the party hotspot. And it was really nice because in the day I was in the sea and was like up to my knees in the water, which was 89 degree water. So it was like being in a bath. Fuck. Yeah, and getting shells. Yeah. And it was it was beautiful. And Tina took a sketchbook and she was doing some sketching. Um, yeah, she said, here you go, Chris. She was, she was sketching like palm trees because there's palm trees everywhere. But she just happened to stop and sit down <laughs> right next to Muscle Beach bit with like <laughs> semi-naked what? sweaty men. And, and she said, oh, no, I'll, I'll just sketch these palm trees here. And she takes yeah. out a phone and takes about 100 pictures of uh, muscle men. Two, I took two. Yeah, two, two that you've showed me. <laughs> two and i said them to diane and said look at these gay men i said <laughs> yeah. so that, they were and very... it was good on we saw the building um where the chainsaw scene in scarface was i wanted to see that and took a picture there that was all it was it's a really nice and it was really hot and it's, it, the the art deco buildings are absolutely mind-blowing but and this was the night time oh I, i've walked these two and a half blocks and I, I, I just got this feeling like, ooh, I need to look behind me. I need to be aware of who, right, who's that in that doorway. Keep an eye on them. Oh, so and so is following me. Just keep an eye on that. And it was the same walking back. And I've never felt that anywhere else in America. Really. So, so this was. Wow. So of course, when I was sending my daily voice messages to Jerry, Jerry then says, of course, now you know why I carry a gun. And that's why I said to it, yeah, I can see that now. That's like the first time I thought, yeah, I can see why you do that now. Um, so, yeah, we just had that one night in Miami, but that was really nice. It was good that we stopped there. We went to, we drove all the way down through the Florida Keys. We went over the Seven Mile Bridge, which, um, again, I've read in various um, online forums that if you're going to go to Key West, a lot of people fly from Miami to Key West. If you've got a car, do the drive at least one way because it's an amazing drive all the way through the Keys, isn't it, Tina? It's just like... Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, it is so good. Beautiful. And again, we thought, right, the busy part of the holiday would be the five nights in Orlando, the Miami Key West and Clearwater would be the relaxing part. We didn't have one relaxing day. The The most relaxing time we had was when we had three hours around the pool in Key West. Because mm. there's so much to do, there's so much to see. Um, and talking about seeing stuff, and this sounds like really, I know it sounds really, really pretentious, with you haven't seen a sunset until you've seen one in, in Key West. It was, yeah. oh my God, we saw the, the first night we went to Sunset Pier, it was called, and we got a drink. And we sat on this pier and we watched it go down and you can't, you just can't verbalise it, which I know is really shitty for an audio podcast, but you you can't put into words what you're seeing. You've, there's no sort of reference point because you've never seen anything like it before in your entire life. And we're watching it going, oh my God. 
God, what didn't we were going? What you're seeing? Mm. And again, it sounds a bit like up up my own ass, but it like it sort of it centers you and makes you think about your own existence and all this kind of stuff. Which yeah. Yeah. I know it sounds a bit arty farty, but it really does. And you're going, oh my God, this is like amazing. And then, so a couple of nights later, um, we went out and I've got the name here, Danger Charters. And again, I'll put the link on the, the website. These guys were amazing. We had Tom, who was the captain, um, who does some work as a stand-up comedian as well. They took us out on the on this cutter boat, you know, with the sails and everything. Oh, it was lovely, out you wasn't go it? into the sea with nothing obstructing it at all. Um, they do wine tasting. You go through all these different wines, um, and and all these all these beautiful all the all the food that were given us was just all these hors d'oeuvres and snacks and everything was incredible. And you just help yourself to wines and beers or soft drinks if you didn't want anything alcoholic. And again, the sunset then, when you're out on this, and it was just, the only down point when we were on the pier, and again, keep this in mind if you're going to go there, is they've got live music playing, there's people there, it's really loud, and it might be that we're a bit, you know, we're older and we want something a bit different. <laughs> we don't want to, oh, I don't want to party Old while I'm watching. Miserable. <laughs> we don't want to party while we, we want to, we want to experience this sunset and we just want to soak it in. So going out on the boat, it was, all you could hear was just like, you know, the, the lapping, the gentle lapping of the waves and the sun was going down and you got a glass of wine. Oh, and it was just magical, wasn't it? It was really yeah. magical. Yeah. And if anybody ever gets the chance to do that, it's something you have got to do. Because we think we've seen, you know, some nice sunsets here in the UK. And like you, Tina, and, and you, Chris, we've all travelled yeah. and we've seen sunsets yeah. everywhere. And you think, oh, that was amazing. But that one, it's... it's, And you think, well, yeah. how, can it, how can it be any different? It's just the sun going down. Oh, it, again, no, you, you, you cannot verbalise <laughs> it. It's something you've got to experience. And you will... Trust me, you will go, holy fuck when you when you see that yeah yeah it second was by second it changes and it is every single color that you could possibly imagine and it and even if you're not into that sort of thing and you think it's shit you look at it and you go oh and it's just life affirming it is mm. yeah that's it yeah it is it is really life affirming or if you're <laughs> going to get engaged tell someone you love them or get married do it in Key West, oh, round about twenty past eight at night. At this time of year, when the sun goes down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the, the pictures you were sending. I imagine it doesn't do it justice. Do you know what I mean? But it looked amazing. It does. Yeah. If that... David had told me he loved me while that sunset was going down, I would have <laughs> let him do anal. But he didn't. <laughs> he didn't so, so fuck him, basically. So I had to wait till she was asleep, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Now yeah, that was, whatever, Dave. can you believe, right, that was the only the only night out of the entire two weeks that we got a bit squiffy because we got all the free wine that we were drinking. So then we went back. And of course, that was the one night when I didn't drive. We got There was a courtesy bus from the hotel into Old Town Key West. Um, and we'd missed it. It was every hour and we'd just missed this one. So we went into this bar, which is really good, called um, Scars and Tattoos. That we went Which in... was next door to Sloppy Joe's, the next very door, famous yeah. bar. Yep, next door to there. In Key West, where Ernest Hemingway used to drink mm -hmm. and Robert Johnson performed in. Yeah. Uh, mm. A lot of history there. We did a tour on the, um, well, they pronounce it Conch Train, but I'd pronounce it Conch Train. Uh, we did a tour all around Key West, which again, that's well worth taking. So we get into this Scars and Tattoos bar and we got, you know, we got an hour to kill now, so we'll have a couple of drinks. Um, so I, Tina, 
goes and gets a table, sits down. I go to the bar. And there's a guy at the bar and he's ordering a drink. So, like we do, wherever we travel, we just start talking to people. And he's ordering this tequila. So he's got this tequila and they've got, you know, everything with it. And I say, and I just say to him, I said, oh, I, said, I can't drink that stuff. I got, like, really Ill, Ill on it one night and I just can't drink tequila anymore. So we got talking. So then he says to me, I get out mine and Tina's drinks. And he goes, oh, he said, oh, I'm by myself. Do you mind if I join you for a bit? So I said, no, come across. Let's have a chat. Because it's always good to talk to locals and, you know, get their stories. So he comes to the table. Um, do you want to take it from there, Tina? No, I don't think I do, actually. Why don't you do it? <laughs> well, it's what you told me because I didn't hear these exact words. You didn't hear the exact words that he screamed out into the, anybody in the bar who could hear. He said, oh, my God. He said, oh, my God, you're married. Yes, they've said this is my wife. Even though we're not married, we call each other wife and husband, you know, because we've been together so long. Mm. He said, oh, this is your wife. Oh, he said, oh, oh. And I, I looked at him. He said, I'm gay. And I thought, oh, OK. <laughs> and he went, your man is so fine. He's so fat. I would get on my knees. I would suck your man's cock all night. And I looked at him. And I'm like, looking at him. And Dave's really sweaty and worried. And I look at him. And I think, now, now, if a woman came up to me and went, Hey, bitch, I would get on my knees and suck your man's cock all night long. I would have, I would have punched her in the face. But because a gay man was standing in front of me, I thought, actually, that's quite funny. So I laughed. But really, I should have been. I mean, you can take it two ways, can't you? I could have been really fucking offended and said, why don't you just fuck right off, mate? But instead, I was magnanimous and I, I laughed. Ha ha ha! I said, why don't you do it now? I'll watch. You didn't know what to say to me. <laughs> he just and then he said i got married i got married and i i just had this terrible row with my husband david his husband was called david no way. Was called yeah. david and then he showed me his vera wang wedding ring um yeah he was uh i think he was a troubled person wasn't he dave he was very he was very uh sort of kept going on about how he was gay and that his kids didn't really understand and he and he didn't really tell anybody he was gay but it, you could sort of tell you know couldn't you dave oh yeah <laughs> but yeah so yeah. yeah what do you think Kay's reaction would be if you were in a bar and a gay man came up to her and said Howard, I can't do a Brummie accent. <laughs> <laughs> a man is so fan. I would suck his cock all night long. What would she do? <laughs> um, I think she'd be a bit taken aback. I don't know what she. I don't know how she'd react. To be honest, I yeah. think. I mean, how did this make you feel then, Dave? Did, uh, did were you uh, just nonplussed or? I mean, you you took a picture of him with his arm around you. Yeah, and a picture of him with Tina as well. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to strangle me. <laughs> yeah, that was I've it. I've seen it. He was trying to strangle me. He was There's like, no competition now. <laughs> yeah. Bitch, That's I'm going to have your man's balls on my nose all night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lick his rim. I don't care if he's got wind and diarrhea. <laughs> I don't, I don't care if he left an orange stain on his pants. <laughs> I'm just going to lick that ass. Let's 
that's all the fixings for me. <laughs> Mashed potato and orange skin stains. Oh, God. Yeah, it could only happen to Dave, couldn't it, that he would be picked up in a bar by a gay man yeah. and I would be with him to ruin it all. <laughs> we, we attempted Dave. Well, you know, well, well, you've you've given stories uh, on the same coin, mate, of it being in a completely dark room where there's people in there, and you know, when it's completely dark, you t- t- who knows the difference? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I think he, he might have felt his moustache and beard, though, Dave. <laughs> so you would have known that he was a man or an old woman from the Welsh hills, yeah, one or the other. It could be one or the other. Mm. It could be. Um, I yeah. should also say one story I forgot is was um, anybody anybody listening that doesn't know I've got the new Rambo tattoo on my arm. Uh, if you want to see it, <laughs> p- pictures pictures <laughs> on Instagram. If you want to see what it looks like, um, <laughs> with, with honestly, mate, one there was no day that went by without at least one person going, "Oh my god, that's an awesome tattoo, man!" Right? So many great. Um, compliments about it, which we told Alex about, who did the tattoo. But yeah. Miami was the first place um, of twice that it happened that somebody thought I'd got a huge tattoo of Jesus on my arm. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no, it's not Jesus, it's Sylvester Stallone. And they blank look, Rambo? Yeah. No blank look, yeah. and it was like, oh that's my god, that's fantastic. But right, and it's a pity that, that, that it doesn't go how me and Tina wanted it, because by the time we got to clear water, it happened a couple of times, and we thought, right, we concocted this story, right, that I was um, ex-British special military, I was ex-SAS, and had been out on on this. <laughs> we sat over a drinks and got this ready that I'd, I'd been out in the in the Middle East. And I'd been on that out on this really dangerous secret miss- mission that I couldn't really talk too much about, uh, and I'd been traumatised. And you know, my, like the people that were out there, good friends had been killed and all this, and I'd found religion, and I'd had Jesus tattooed on me. So we were all set <laughs> for the next time that somebody said, "Oh, you got Jesus tattooed on you? That's awesome!" And I was going to come out with this story about you know being ex-military, but unfortunately, it didn't happen, did it? After we got the story written, no, no. Oh, damn so that was a bit of, brilliant yeah that was a bit of downer um so yeah key west go there sunsets do the um oh what did they call them because it was a the name is yeah of all names danger charters not a great name i suppose but they they do a really good service so we had the four days down there oh before we leave key west i've got to tell you um this is so i can get back at tina we were waiting for the um lift the elevator if you're american uh, so we're all, I think we're only like on the second floor and we're waiting for it. And this Asian mum and daughter come and stand next to us. Oh, I'm telling Dave, this. You can't tell this story. You've told me about puking everywhere. I'm telling this story. Dave, so, oh, yes, I can. So I can th- be put in prison. Well, tough. Please, so this Asian please, mother Dave, and her beautiful little daughter, innocent little daughter, and none of them really can speak, either of them can speak English, right? I didn't know that. I thought they were And American. this little daughter's got a favourite... So you can relate to this, Chris, with having two young daughters. She's, yeah, she's yeah. holding a favourite soft toy, which is this lovely plush fish that she's probably got. It's Flounder from The Little Mermaid. There you go. Who's got these big, round eyes. 
Satina points to these big, round eyes and go, Oh, look at its big eyes! Look at its big eyes! And you can tell, and she's pointing at them. And then, right, she makes, like, these two big circles with her fingers and puts them up to her eyes and goes, Oh, big eyes! Big eyes! And you can tell that they can't speak English. And I'm, like, cringing, like, and going, They're thinking you're taking the piss out of their eyes. That's what you're thinking. (laughs) And all Tina goes on about, oh, look at his big eyes. And she keeps making these signs. And, and then and then point, because they can't, because they can't talk back to us, because they can't speak English, she's pointing at the fish's eyes and going, big eyes, big eyes. And I'm going, stop talking about big eyes, Tina. Oh, so. Shut up, David. Go to Clearwater, you twat. So... So, yeah, so then, of course, we finish off in Clearwater, which I've got to say, of all the places I've been to in America, and there's still places I want to visit, it's, I fell in love with that place. I could live there. I could move tomorrow and live there. I, abso- I wish you would. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Everybody had big eyes there. <laughs> um, if, when you're in Clearwater, again, if you do go there, I would recommend the Little Toot boat trip. It's about 20, I think it's like about 20 six dollars each um it takes about just over an hour you go out you go out in, into like the gulf of mexico uh you're dolphin watching night and they say 98 percent of the time you see dolphins like leaping in the wake of the boat and yet they didn't let us down we had dolphins leaping uh you squealed almost as much as you did on the transformers ride tina you were like oh my god there's well, dolphins leaping yeah sea world should be closed down i don't believe in keeping animals like that in captivity the only way to see a dolphin is in yeah. the sea um, a yeah wild and dolphin. this value for money and what you get and the guys yeah. that run it are apt they're so entertaining and yeah, so friendly funny, I, I cannot recommend the little toot trip enough and again a link will be on the website uh, for this episode they also take you past all the film star yeah we went past film stars houses we went past the houses uh, where tom cruise used to live uh, john travolta hulk hogan the house that sylvester stallone had built for his mum uh everything they point all of this out as you're going along then they take you right out into the gulf of mexico and go here we are we're in the gulf of mexico now uh, and for like 26 dollars, absolute bargain really really good um mm. and again like i said it, if you want somewhere that's not too touristy in your face like south beach miami um and and actually like old town key west is is really sort of a bit party town when you go yeah along, it is along the main street uh clear water is relaxing beautiful so much to see so much to do beaches there are out oh, of this world beaches and again really? when you talk you the sea again clear water the... beach is is just yeah white powdery yeah. sand when you're talking like again this was like 90 degrees c you get yeah. you get into water that's 90 degrees fahrenheit and it's like you're stepping into like a hot bath not a warm bath a hot bath which is yeah. incredible um we did all the things, we you know, we saw a baseball game and all this, but I'm not going to go into that. I am going to finish by, uh, there's two things. The, the the last morning that we were there, um, you'll appreciate this, Chris. I did block the toilet. I did have my morning poo <laughs> and blocked the toilet. Oh, I did. It was awful because, you know, the toilets in America are different to British toilets where they have a wide pan. So whatever you poo in there, 
when you get up, there it is. All the different bits of poo are floating there. In British toilets, you poo and it sort of goes around the bend mainly, doesn't it? So Dave said, oh, you might not want to go in there because I might have blocked the toilet. And I was like, but I need to wait before we go out. And I said, go and flush it. And he said, I'm not flushing it. I blocked it. Well, I'd, al- I said, I'd already Dave, flushed it, and it would. Dave, I said I can't. Go and flush I the can't know because you. I said no. Right, let's get this right. I'd flushed it, and the water level rose and didn't go down because I'd blocked it. I said I can't flush it again, otherwise all the shitty water is going to overflow oh, because it's blocked. Yes, yeah, so he expected me to do a wee on top of that. So I went into the <laughs> toilet. He didn't go outside and get a stick like a real man would have got a stick and poked the poo away. <laughs> oh, no. Dave thinks it's funny that I have to go in the toilet desperate to pee. So I flushed the toilet. I thought there's no poo in there. And I flushed the toilet and this huge log came right round the bend it was and like, back up into the toilet like i don't know how it came out of him it was seven foot long i swear <laughs> there was what i did the best poos in america i swear at one time and i told you tina didn't i i almost asked for my phone so i could take a picture and without oh, right and, and this isn't you know a, the, this isn't well, a fisherman's it's not tale romantic at the best of times you know but the romance is definitely dead in our relationship this isn't a fisherman's tale but i swear mate that it was a minimum eighteen inches long. It was like, how did how did that come out of me? How are you supposed to love someone who tells the world that? Oh, well, I'm going to finish exactly. with my final story. Is something that you don't. At least he didn't uh, almost get involved with a hate crime. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, taking sides, are we? Yeah, I'll that. Yeah, oh, racist God. Tina and. and and he he got his um his his cock sucked as well. Yeah. 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 He done it in front of me. Yeah. Then. He he wouldn't have cared how big my poos was, would he? He wouldn't have bothered. Yeah, he yeah, he'd washed your pants as well. <laughs> he wouldn't have cared if it was orange. Oh god. So my final story, Tina. You don't know about this at all. I've kept this quiet. Um, so we're at the airport. We're on the oh, way. He, he, you went back and he got he, you sucked his cock. I'll just send you the pictures of that, mate. <laughs> then, so we're at the airport, uh, ready to come back. Um, now you get to a certain age and you think, right, I need a, you don't pass a toilet without having a wee, right? You've got to make sure because then you know you get to board in the plane and you've got to board the plane and that takes ages and you can't use the toilet when you're on the plane and you've got to take off and you've got to wait so long before you can use the loo so we got there um and it was like about half an hour before we were due to board the plane and i went and had a wee and i went back to tina and we'd had like we went and got iced coffee and all this kind of stuff so then i went to the desk where the boarding desk is and said oh how long is it before we board and they said oh it's going to be 10 minutes now so i went back to tina and said right it's 10 minutes before we board let's go to the loo get in the queue and then get ready to board because the whole process takes about almost like an hour from when you board to when you take off and can use the toilet so i'd had a wee like 20 minutes earlier and like okay let's tina went for a wee and then i went for a wee so i'm stood right i'm stood in the toilets had a wee and like you know have a shake and then i'm just about to tuck myself back in and I looked down. Now, I found out, I tried to find another term for this, but I found out, and this may or may not be true, there is this the only part of the male human body that does not have a medical term 
is what we would refer to as the Jap's eye. <laughs> it does yes. not. It does yes. not have a medical term, which I found quite interesting. There's no sort of, you know, long name for There's it. There's no name for the back of your knees either. Isn't there? No. Ooh. It doesn't sound quite Go as on. bad. So I looks down. Your witch hole. My witch hole. My wee hole is black, and I mean pitch black all the way around it. And I'm thinking, fuck, fuck, what's? Am I getting some sort? It was like you know you see these sort of um, like 28 days later in these zombie movies where they get bit and it goes black and then all these streaks come off. And you see all the veins going black and it streaks out. It was like that. It was all black. And I think, shit, what's happening to me? And I got visions. I can't get on the plane. I need to go to like to a hospital or something. I'm, I'm going to be, I can't have like an eight hour flight and my cock's slowly going to get black. So oh, I, had, I, had, I had like this, <sighs> I had this five seconds of panicking, look, just looking. And I know this guy, um, because like the stall next to me was like empty. This guy comes and I just stood there with like my cock in my hand staring at it. Thinking, oh my god, oh my god, what's going on? And if if he, I've got no idea. I thought, oh god, and then I thought, if he's like a willy watcher and he's looking at me, of me holding my cock, pointing it up at me, looking down at it, he's thinking, what the hell is he doing? And then I realised, I thought, oh, that looks a bit weird. So I get my thumb and I rub. And it's because, like I said earlier, I'd bought new underwear and the underwear that I got that day was black. And the earlier wee that I'd had, I probably needed one more shake. And it was there was a little drip, maybe, <laughs> that had then touched the new underwear. And it had stained the end of me that was, com oh, that was completely black. And it just rubbed off. But for five minutes, okay. I, I was like in panic stations thinking, I'm going to be in a hospital here with like black cock or whatever. Gangrene cock. Yeah, yeah, with it falling off black. <laughs> So, but luckily it wasn't, and that was it. I went on the plane with a clean witch. Fuck. And yeah. that was the end of the holiday. Yeah, with a clean witch. You cannot you had finish. A gang no, I finished with a clean witch. That's the best end to a holiday. Oh, I can't believe that you finished off like that. <laughs> I can't believe. I, I'm, I'm expecting some sort of shit story off you now. <laughs> no, there's no way. No, I wouldn't. I have in the oh, past. Oh, hang on, hang on. I'll end it. Go on then. So I went to the toilet and I'm an elderly woman now. And I sat there and did a wee and got a load of tissue and dabbed like ladies do. And the tissue was covered in blood and I'd started my period. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which, of course, is an enormous lie. <laughs> you can cut that out, Dave. No, that's staying in. <laughs> now... Now, Chris, you tell us a story about your hysterectomy. <laughs> oh, God. So there we are. Stories and tips for uh, Florida. Anybody thinking of going? Yeah, your tip. My That's tip. You've yeah, about my, here, yeah. Yeah. Your black tip. <laughs> my black tip. <laughs> it was like oh, some carry-on film. Did you really think there was something wrong with I you? Did, I did. I looked over for a, but honestly, for five seconds, I looked down, and the end of it was just black. And I thought, you oh my. Didn't think that it was just that you got new pants on and the black cotton had rubbed off on the end of your cock. Honest to God, no. I can't believe that you're that thick. Yeah. You are though, aren't you? Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> 
<laughs> All I have to say to you and anybody listening from now on is Big just... Round eyes! Round eyes! <laughs> round eyes! I'm not racist. You have big round eyes. <laughs> I felt so awful. Poor girl. I really didn't realise no. that. I was. I thought I was being really nice and going, look at your flounder, it's got such oh. big eyes. And then when he told me, I thought... Get out of the oh, lift. Yeah. And I'm going, what the, <laughs> where the fuck did you say that to her? Why did you keep going on and pointing to the... Why did you put your fingers up to your eyes and go, round eyes, round eyes? It's like, God. Oh. <sighs> so there, yeah, yeah there That's we have it. Path stories isn't it oh yeah oh. we've cut a load out we are we are yeah. like it, it is getting late so we need to it cut this it sounded like you had an amazing time it was it was brilliant yeah it was really good it was yeah oh. it was it was worth saving up for three years for for that holiday that's for sure yeah yeah, yeah. anyway yeah. let's tie this one up uh, so how people can follow you chris online oh i'm at dastardly jabby on twitter mm-hmm. tina you I'm at Spanky Spangler, um, but I can't remember how to spell it on Twitter. I've, do you know what? Since we've been on holiday, I've lost loads of followers, and I feel like it's a release in a way that I don't have to perform. Really? <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I'm, I'm not on Twitter very often these days. I just tend to read, use it. If any, to be honest, if if it wasn't for like this show and the same coin i'll probably yeah. come off it altogether because i just don't have the time to to sort of like talk yeah. and i'm not i kind of lost interest in it and it's amazing because yeah. like how something yeah. that you think is so integral to your life you you stop using it for a little while and you could give a shit really so yeah well, i only i just did retweet reviews and me stuff. Um, about being in America is something that's happening more and more in Britain. This is a gigantic moan, and I think that maybe the two of you will agree with me, is that n even though we were at NASA or Universal Studios or even in front of an incredible sunset in Key West, no one looked at it because they were looking at their phones. Oh, the I saw people, so yeah. many people trek fall over and walk into me because mm. they literally didn't stop looking at their phones. And I think it's getting to be a really serious problem. We were going that people on, yeah. don't talk to each other anymore. They just stop looking at your phones, people. Enjoy and where talk you are. To people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Be, like, yeah. be here now. Yeah. Don't look at what somebody... We, we went to a baseball match. Two lads... I mean, the, the seats were expensive. Two lads turned up... Um, American guys who were fans of the Rays. Uh, we went to see the Tampa Rays. They had the best seats in the house right in front of us. They, a couple of them, uh, they took a couple of photos, put them on in so we could see everything they were doing. They weren't looking at the game at all. Not at all. They took photos, put them on Instagram and sat looking at how many likes they got. Then they took another photo and sat looking how many likes they got, and that's what they did for mm. about forty-five minutes, and then they left. Yeah, they went. Really? Yeah, people yeah. That don't know yeah, baseball no. games yeah. nine innings. They arrived. I think it was it was at the beginning of the fourth innings. They sat down, like Tina said, they took the pictures, and that's all they did because we were the second row from the front, right above the home team. 
so they were like the first row so that like tina said the best mm. seats in the house the, mm. and literally they took the pictures and then they did not lock up at the game they were just looking at the phones on instagram and and kept checking oh, oh it's got another like oh so-and-so said this and they were talking to each other oh so-and-so said this to it ha, ha, ha. and then they left in the eighth innings so they didn't see the beginning they didn't see the end they didn't even see the bit that they were actually sat there for <coughs> They mm. didn't even see that because they were more interested in, oh, how many likes is this picture and this video going to get on Instagram? And it's like, is the worst, this, is, this the worst is what we've evolved into now? Well, the, wor the worst one that happened was our very last night, our very last sunset was Clearwater Beach and David gone off with his camera and I stood sort of just as you go on to the beach and the sun started to go down and down and down and there was literally maybe four minutes left before it ducked be beyond the horizon a car screeched up an american woman got out get out of the car and take my picture take it take it and the other one was going i can't find the camera hurry up hurry up look am i holding it am i holding the sun and i watched her she didn't look at the sun or the sunset once except where to put her hand and and she talked all the way through. And I looked at her and I said, why don't you shut the fuck up and just <laughs> look at it? And really? she got really, really affected. Yeah, Dave will tell you that I do tend to do stuff like that. Yeah. Because I, I thought, this is my, I said, this is my last night here. And you've ruined it by your incessant talking about nothing. And she sort of went, uh, uh, and pretended she didn't hear me because I would have killed her. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was really, really cross with her because it was completely silent. There were people getting married on the beach in front of me. And they, all you could hear was birds, the sea. There was the sunset. And she just came up and just fucking ruined it by going, me, 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 yeah. So that was, I was really pissed off with her. And it was all to do with her having her photo taken, holding the sun. It's all about her. It's all to do. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Which yeah. is, you know. Yeah. Uh, she she yeah. wasn't an Asian woman by any chance. <laughs> no, she does. <laughs> I have land eyes. I don't know of me. Send back to land of rising sun. Look, the sun is land eyes. <laughs> Oh my God! I'm gonna get. Stop it! Stop it! I'm not racist. That's a, that's our Asian market gone right now. Thanks, Tina. Yeah. So... Sorry. I'd like to apologise for any offence I've caused. I am. I didn't mean to inadvertently. Um, yeah. Yeah. Say anything about squitty eyes. Yes. Or, or jap size. <laughs> There's been no mention of jap size either. So forget yeah, all of that. Yeah. You said jap size. Yeah. So... Black jap size. <laughs> you can. You Just. Can... Let's go. I'm going. Just you can follow 16, 16 minutes with at 60 minutes with on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash 60 minutes with. You can go to our website, 60 minutes with uh, dot uh, You can email us contact at 60 minutes with dot or you can fill in the contact us form on our uh, website. Please do. We've got lots of competitions always running on Twitter. The latest one that's going to finish uh, tomorrow as we're we record is for a batman blu-ray kindly supplied by chris we've got loads of other stuff Sup supplied supplied <laughs> supplied supplied by chris from, 
You mean it was supplied by Chris? Did it come from Japan? So, so make sure to follow us on there. Those all are, of course, the numerical 60, not alphabetical. Thank you for listening. And uh, we hope you've uh, got something out of this recommendation wise. And uh, yeah, just made sure not to. Dave, make... you didn't talk about Cracker Barrel. All I'll say Bye. is. Bye. <laughs> Go to Cracker Barrel. It's amazing. Okay, bye, bye, bye. Bye.